Welcome, everybody, to episode 26 of Random Encounter, the RPG Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Steinman, Pale Robbie on the boards. Uh, I know I talked about us splitting the podcast in half, having a volume one and volume two of episode 25, but after some awesome input from people on the website telling me what an idiot I was, we decided to go with just separating the E3 podcast. So I know I sound like an idiot in the past episode, but this is the episode 26 dedicated to E3. It's not like it's different than any other episode. I know. I I was just trying to do something fun. Burn, no, no, no. That's burn. the man. That's the no. man. And then he missed. Oh. I, I, you missed me. <laughs> he insulting was insulting you. you. Oh, was he? <laughs> Damn. I just listen. You know, I just hear what I want to hear sometimes. And oh. Rob heard that as you are. I am awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's John making fun of me. <laughs> this is John McCarroll, uh, executive editor and. I, I'm getting jaded about E3. I am too. Uh, those press conferences were ghastly. Uh, and then we have uh, the woman who was defending. Well, no, she was making fun of me too. Oh, uh, Kimberly Wallace, managing editor, K Star on the boards. We have the token renegade. Uh, I'm Liz Mass. I'm QC on the boards, and I'm the chief news editor. I face up. I hold. <laughs> Is that my intro? Yeah, that was your intro. (laughs) Okay, yeah. I'm Derek Kingsbergen. I am a news editor, and I apparently dabble in previews now, and I'm Embryon on the boards. Well, we all got to do something different. So uh, this is going to be a super awesome E3 podcast. I'm here with four people that actually got a chance to go and have fun and play games, and I was insanely jealous the whole time. Uh, nobody went to the press. Wait, 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 I got to play Rob games. wasn't allowed because he would have been too negative. No, I wasn't allowed because I was working. And you know what? I have the same faculty meetings at the end of the year next year for E3. Thank you no, so you much. You would have gone to the Square Enix booth and slapped the rep across the face. <laughs> <laughs> Before we even talk about uh, the games that you guys saw, I just have to say that somebody needs to sit down the big three and teach them how to do a press conference. Microsoft's made me want to cry. Sony's, I fell asleep halfway through. And Nintendo's was awesome. That's standard for Sony. What's that? That's standard for Sony. They're always boring. Like, just freaking 35 minutes of move in the middle of it. And then Nintendo announces their new console, which is great. <laughs> doesn't show us any actual software for it. Just says that we're doing stuff. Doesn't announce a price point and just kind of leaves. And it's doesn't address... Mentor. And it gives us a crazy name to go with it. And doesn't address the 300-pound elephant in the room, which is, yeah, that PlayStation Vita may be stupidly named, but that's coming out at $250. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I, I, I still think that the Wii U was named by Mentok. Wii U. You. Killer tofu. Oh, God. No. The Beats. Uh, Somebody said hey. that if you say the Wii U's name uh, in repetition, it sounds like an ambulance. <laughs> i did i like that i like that so yeah just teach these people how to do press conferences yeah they, they need to learn from ubisoft and yeah. have mr caffeine and we need to get ueda to finish the last guardian because another e3 goes by yeah i was bummed about that <sighs> okay the game's but, never coming is it th- dude they've made like two games in the past 10 years like yeah, the- two of those games came out within three years of each other no they didn't yeah, Eco came out in 2001, and didn't Shadow of the Clauses come out in 2006? No, 2005. Uh, 2005. We had this argument before, so four years. Uh, Not that bad. So about par for the court. They're, they have the George R.R. R. Martin approach to video game making, which is just take a really long time. 
All right, so we're way off track, but I just wanted to say the press conferences sucked, and that was the worst part of E3. Best part of E3, though, is some of the games that you guys had a chance to see. So I think we should start with a JRPG, and I think we should start with a JRPG that no one is talking about, but seems to be the most important for Square Enix right now. <laughs> so tell me, am I going to love Final Fantasy XIII too? You are going, you, you are going to hate it less. Yes. Okay, that's so hate it, but you'll just hate it a bit less. No, I'll I'll be completely honest. I had no interest in that game whatsoever because I wasn't a big fan of thirteen. And when they announced that they were doing thirteen two, I was kind of like, well, that's kind of an anticlimactic <laughs> announcement. Uh, I went into the appointment with John, and really, because I watched Derek play it a little bit, and I was like, all right, it looks pretty good, but I don't want to get my hopes up. Went into the appo- the appointment we had, and we got a detailed look at it, and it actually looks like they are listening to what people wanted in 13 and implementing it into 13.2 with that being like, you know, there's going to be NPCs this time around that you can actually talk to. There's a bigger focus on exploration through the through the towns, which, you know, was pretty much absent in 13. And also they're putting choice in it where you're, you'll be specifically be asked decisions during the game and your answers will determine how your story plays out, which, you know, choice is the big thing these days. So... I, I'm still very skeptical about the whole choice thing. Um, mm-hmm. Based on what they showed us in the demo, it was you're fighting this big giant guy named Atlas, and he's some kind of robot. <laughs> and <laughs> was it spelled L-U-S or was no it... with an A? Rob. Okay, just just a- interesting. <laughs> and anyway, you learn that this robot's got some kind of control scheme somewhere, and he's like, "Oh, you can go. You can go to the control area." And it's not like going to the control area actually changed what happened in our sequence. It's just that it made the boss weaker because you found the control. Well, so that like, but they asked if you specifically wanted to ask a certain person for help, if you wanted to walk away from it. Um, I don't know how, how intense the choices yeah, will be. I, You're I, sticking I, it I, in there. We'll see what happens with it. I, I have a feeling it's going to be like a lot of Mass Effect and Dragon Age sequences mm-hmm. where it's... Yeah, they're asking you a question, but all of the options lead to the same thing. True, true. Um, what else was interesting was the combat feels more interactive in this one. Uh, it still basically goes with the paradigm shift system, but in this, they're adding these cinematic actions and Quick basically. Time Quick time. Yes. Basically, just clicking the button at the right time. Uh, but, you know, depending on your success or failure, the scene will play out differently. So. Some people don't like that because, you know, they get all crazy. But, but is, it always, you know, is it always triangle, like a certain hearts-shaped video game? <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. Yeah. No. no. It was analog stick stuff. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh God. That's usually the worst type of quick no, time it, event. It, it wasn't like do a quarter like circle. It was like left or right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Because those, those, those are always the hardest sequences in God of War, the ones that I always yeah. screw up when you have to do like a quarter circle or half circle. No, what, it wasn't anything that. Like so it was just like – Press left or right or X or like mash X. Oh, that's not so bad then. I I would compare it to God of War in that, yeah, they're quick time events, but the ones that we saw were really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, God of War has always done, I feel, the quick time event properly. It's when it's not done properly, and I, I'm not... Everybody knows I do like Kingdom Hearts too. I think the story is ridiculous, but those are some of the worst quick time events where like you're in this middle of this sequence and you just keep pressing triangle until the little flashing icon comes up, and it's like uh, okay. 
Hey, uh, Rob, I'm wearing a Kingdom Hearts shirt right now. Oh, for God's sake, Kim. <laughs> if you ever send – I don't ever want you to know my address because I don't want you to send me a Kingdom Hearts cake. I will be so angry. There will just be pictures. How about a heavy you. rain cake? Uh, no, because it's soggy. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Now, so now no. you, ha- you have more control over the combat. Yes. Um, but is it still like you're controlling one character and you cannot humanly put in the inputs fast enough so you have to hit auto battle all the time? You know, it seemed to be like it, it's the same battle system with additions. It's not they, they haven't changed that. So They've sometimes auto battle is going to be your best option. Um, Laura from Square Enix, who was playing when we did our private demo, um she was actually inputting some of her commands, and it seemed to be going well for her. So, I mean... <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, the one thing about it, though, that I'm not really sold on the characters yet. Um, basically, this one you're going to be playing as Noel, who looks like a typical yeah. Square character. And... Um, How many zippers? <laughs> no, no, it's like Star Kingdom Hearts series, actually. And then there's Sarah, who we met in Final Fantasy 13. She was Lightning's sister. But, you know, some of the things that we like about Lightning being, you know, very abrasive at times, which can also people don't like. But Sarah doesn't seem as tough as Lightning. And that's not a bad thing, but she kind of seems a little eh, you know? Is, is this game more lighthearted, yeah. like tend to? They said it's supposed to be darker. It's really yeah. darker. And it's supposed to be Lightning's story. I mean, we did yeah. see Lightning in our demo. She obviously has changed since yeah. 13, since she has, you know, uh, you know, ba- yeah. saved the world, basically. She's kind yeah. of got a bigger role, and she rides on a horse called Odin. And the battle, actually, that we saw, you're yeah. actually on the horse attacking from there, which was kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, the, she's got a completely different costume. It's almost as if she is elsewhere. The the area she was in looked nothing like where Sarah and uh, and Noel were. Mm-hmm. Like hmm. it's it, it'll be interesting to see how that sequence plays out. Hmm. Like I I well the you know, the story is like everybody keeps saying that lightning is dead and um, Sarah is the only one that believes that she isn't. So she's out to restore all of these paradoxes apparently that are making people think that. And that goes along with lightning being somewhere else. Um, a lot yeah. of people were saying that it's kind of ethereal. Like she might, there is a possibility she could be dead, but she's kind of in like um, a Valhalla kind of It's going to be like the ending of X2. The perfect wasn't, she ending. The, wasn't she the first thing that we saw in a, in a 13-2 trailer? Yes. Yeah, and she's probably not dead. It's you know she's probably alive. This is going to be like the Pliskin thing all over again. Yeah, Snake's dead. Only I have a similar name. It's going to be like X2 with Titus. If you got the perfect ending. uh, So I'm going to hate it less, huh? Yes, you're going to hate it. It's a lot better than 13. It looks like they listen to people. Like the game's visuals are some. The battles look pretty uh, intense. One thing that I liked is that um, actually akin to a game that was absolutely and completely awful which was uh tales of symphony and dawn of the new world oh, you God, got your, that's what i thought of too sorry yeah you've got your two static characters you've got noel and sarah and then your third character is a monster so yes, yes you can recruit monsters into your party which actually seems oh rob but rob when you do paradigm shifts the monsters change so oh goody like, do they change completely, or do they Like, just... into new mo- monsters, does my yeah, cactuar so... turn into a moogle? Yes. No, the, the moogle... Oh, act- <laughs> 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 I 
Captain equipment. turns into a There's Mughal. Also send the Mughal to uh, explore things for you, like hard-to-reach areas. So there's exploration, like, going on. All right, all right. Well, I, I mean... It looks, it looks a lot better than we thought it was going to no, be. That, like, it's I, kind I, of that's... off my radar, and now it's kind of like, all right, I'll keep an eye on it. I'll watch what's going on. We'll see. I mean, I don't know if they can really make what happened with uh, 13 right for everyone, but I think this is, like, a little bit of a step, too. If they send me a fruit basket with my pre-order, I guess my... Even if I wanted to play... I said this before on the podcast, like, even if I wanted to play 13 again, and part of me wants to give the game another shot and, like, okay, Rob, sit down and try it again... But because my PS3 died and I lost all my save data, I would have to go through those opening eight hours again. Like, I, it's just not designed to be played again. So have they talked about if they're going to open the battle system up a little bit and, you know, not treat me like I'm a moron? It, it seemed like it was fully featured compared to the first game, but we... Yeah. You know, we we don't know how early in the game our yeah. sequences were. Yeah, exactly. and they're looking at a first quarter 2012 release. Is yeah, they said early 2012. Early, yeah. So we'll probably get it sometime in like February or March, depending on how fast. It was in it was in English, was wasn't it? it? Yes, yeah, it, it was, yeah, so it should be. So it should be about that yeah, time. Yeah, no, the, the demo was fully voiced. It was in English. Okay. Okay. And uh, on the the sound side of things, those of us who care about the music, um, it is going to be the same composer, Masashi Hamazu, or it's Hamazu. Hamazu. Got that hip hop yeah. feel all over again. Yeah, like. that's what I was going to say. The uh, the boss theme that I heard had had a very hip hop vibe kind of like Persona. Um, Nobody does it as good as Persona though. Yeah, it is yep. true. But yeah. but well, they I, have that. I love and this. Then I love the voice actors are the same also. I love the 13 soundtrack until I heard that god-awful rendition of the Chocobo theme that I was just like, yes! what the hell was... Boston scored, sorry. We are in the middle of watching the Stanley Cup. Did Cos they really? Did Boston. they score again? Yes, yes, Boston just scored. Okay, moving on, moving on. Okay, uh, so now I want to I talk about, if we're done with 13, 13 uh -huh. 2, I want to talk about, uh, and I'm not trolling, I'm just making an observation on a game that I'm very excited about but I'm also very worried about. So, John, I want you to assuage my fears. Every time they show Deus Ex Human Revolution, I feel like it looks worse, and I don't know why. Okay, what, what, I think, what I think is going on through your head, Rob, is that you're like, this is not Deus Ex. It's the same thing that happened with people with Invisible War, where it's like, this is not Deus Ex. And you know I, what? It's it's not. It's not supposed to be the first game. Well, no, I, I don't think no. that's it. I think what's happening to me is that the first demo that I saw for this game from last year's E3 was very clean, very subtle. The menus were all, you know, hardly present. It was very focused. Now, every time I see that game, like, it looks like the UI just threw up. The frame rate is atrocious. The, the graphics, like, it doesn't look that good the art style looks incredible but it's no, like I, first I, off I, that ui just looks like somebody vomited you like, know I, oh. I, I from what i understand all that yellowy stuff you're able to turn off yeah but it's it's not just that it's just it's just busy it's like a it it's just a very busy while what? other games are going for clean and immersion and immersion like just look at the skyrim hud and fallout 3 hud 
and oh, then compare it to Deus Ex. <laughs> like, see, but well, I, I was expecting a little bit more graphically from it when I saw it. Like, I thought they're gonna. The only time it really like was breathtaking was when they kind of focused in on the big atmosphere of the two cities that are on top of each other. But other than that, it didn't like have like you know with Square, you just I guess expect so much out of the graphics. It didn't really have that to draw you, but it looks, you know, decent. I thought it looked great opinion. on PC. Yeah, we talked about that. Like it, they've said that PS3 is lead skew, but you guys are saying that the PC it, it didn't look like it though. I mean, yeah. the PC version looked the best. That, you know what? Here's the thing. Even on games where the PC is not the lead skew, oftentimes the PC yeah. version looks better. You know what? Having been to nine E3s at this point, just rub them. <laughs> yes, I will. No, that's why I'm jaded. Um, the 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 hardware that they have these games running on is retarded. Mm-hmm. Like we we I went and saw Torchlight Two and Torchlight Two, which we're not going to chat about today, but it looks good. It's more Torchlight. Um, they were running it on like a an Alienware rig, and it's like, yeah. well, Torchlight One ran on my netbook. Yeah, I, I had Torchlight One running on my old Alienware laptop at 600 frames per second. Now, yeah. I, you know, honestly, you can't see that, but it's still like, whoa. So, but I mean, the the kind of machines that they, it's like, this is best case scenario for these platforms, for yeah. the PCs. So now let's, so, okay, let's get away from the graphics, because I don't want to be a graphics whore when it comes to Deus Ex. I just, I don't think it looks great, but that's okay, because what I care about is gameplay. So how is the gameplay? It was fun. Uh, I had a little bit of an issue with the control scheme, not because it was bad, but because things didn't do what I expected them to do. Yeah, I yeah. saw that. It's just very previous. different than what I was used to as well. Like, it's, you know, it, it seems like every game out of here, if you play Battlefield or if you play, uh, you know, even if you play uh, Alpha Protocol, things fall into the, well, this is what these controls do in most first-person shooters, so you expect it to act that way because it's a first-person shooter. It doesn't. I kept trying to aim down my sights to shoot at things, and it would pull me into cover. Oh, yeah, because, like, you have to click in the right stick to aim. So it's like like Crisis if you play it, Crisis 1 if you play it with the the controller. Oh, there's just another reason I'm playing it on PC. Like, I I was worried about this game when they said that it wasn't being developed in-house at PC. Now, granted, it's being developed by guys, uh, I forget the exact crew, but it's being developed by guys who know PC, the guys who did, like, Soul Reaver and stuff. So Mm -hmm. I wasn't too worried, but then with them saying, no, we're going to redo all the interface to make it work with PC, we're going to allow for customization of the keys. I mean, that's one of those reasons I play PC gaming. Like, I I play PC games so I can customize. I have a feeling that controls will be customizable for console as well. Now, now I had a hard time adjusting and I did really badly in the demo (laughs) because of it. Do they offer the, is the choice still present? You know, they've, they've shown us the trailers where you can sneak into the installation. You can shoot everybody with a shotgun. So, um, yeah, in in our demo, they did all stealthy stuff because they're like, we don't want to slow down with combat. We just want to show you everything in the half an hour that we have. Um, and then, we had a half an hour between Deus Ex on our Final Fantasy appointment, and they had a playable back in the press area. And so I played Deus Ex, and I was like, you know what? I don't want to sneak around anywhere. I'm going to shoot everything I see. And I did. Such a male. <laughs> well, you could play the entire <laughs> game non-lethal if you wanted yeah, to. It just, it's just, just like all the, up to you. Yeah, you I have to fight bosses, but anything outside of that, like you could get around the entire game without fighting anything. Besides the bosses. So, I mean, I I was impressed with what I played. There was, like, 
it, 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 yeah, it's it's much more streamlined than the original Deus Ex, but that's not a bad thing. Yeah, I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not upset about that at all. So, <laughs> so you're thinking that it's going to be pretty good. I know you were. I don't want to say you were down on it at last E3. Got it. That's kind of cool to think that we we talked about this last year. But I don't think you were down on it at last E3. Well, but you well, didn't seem to be that enamored. We didn't have much enamored. to go off. Of. I, I wasn't. Yeah, it's very barely there. Here's the deal with me. There are very few games where I can see a trailer and go, "Oh, I'm interested in that." Yeah, the first trailer for Deus Ex: Human Revolution was nuts. Well, but like I, you know, we've yeah. talked about this on the podcast. I don't watch trailers. Like, I know, I know. I, I like to get giddy. I, I still have that Metal Gear Solid Two moment where I'm just like, the music swells and you know, Snake's running with his mullet in the background in the rain, and I'm just like, ah. But uh, no, I I got hands on with it. I got demoed the game. I uh, you know what? I don't think it's going to be the best game in the world. I truly don't. But you know what? I think it's going to be good. Be fun. Yeah, I'm. I'm interested. I think it's going to take what people love about Deus Ex, and it's all. It's going to be there, and it's going to be a game that challenges you to really use your brain, which I'm always a fan of. So it lo- it looked like they were really challenging people with it to play the game how they want to. Like all the augmentations, you could basically build your character around how you want to play that game, which is pretty cool. So, yeah, I really like that. I played with that a bit, and I think I'm really going to like that and just being able to choose how I want to play rather than being forced to sneak around or being forced yeah. to be lethal. So. What, one thing I want to make note of is I think Adam Jensen is the worst design character ever. Really? I kind of like his design. I, I, think, I, I do too, actually. Yeah, I, I don't like his character design at all. Does he need more zippers? No, he needs less zippers, and he needs to, when he has sunglasses off, not look like a robot. He... <laughs> Now, He's, I wear my sunglasses at night and I rock them. But now, wait a minute. He is kind of, I mean, he's a, he is kind of a robot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, he well, is. They're going for that Blade Runner, you know, leather jackets. Oh my God. Sunglasses. It totally looks like that now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean. Matrix I, style kind of too. It, does he have the Christian Bale Batman voice all the time? Like, does he go up and say like, I want a beer? Yeah, like, no, his his voice, his voice is pretty is, awful. Like, I was not impressed with the voice acting. Now, maybe in more scenes it's better, but from what I saw, that was one thing that stood out to me that was not that great about it. There was it. someone else who was in it's, our demo that, that said the same thing. Yeah, I turned it sounded that, better in the trailers, and I think because the trailers are much more dramatic, whereas when you're just walking down the hallway shooting guys, it, it doesn't need to be so dramatic. So uh, there, there was one scene where... I saved some scientist who was in a room full of fumes and uh, hmm? he was like, oh, you know, I, I, I was I need to get past the next checkpoint. And he's like, oh, just, Yan is the one who has the, the checkpoint today. Tell him that he owes me a favor and he'll let you by. And you go by he's like, Yan told me to say that you owed him a favor. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I swear to me. Dialogue is not that great either, but you know uh, what? It's more about the stealth gameplay and that all that a, anyway. Could that be a lost in translation thing since this is being made by a bunch of, uh, you know, Canadians? French Canadians, excuse me. <laughs> being made by a bunch of, I'm not saying that derogatory. Rob, make but, us say it. Rob, make yeah, us can say you, it. Can you tell us what it's all about? <laughs> but that, could that we be just a like factor? We like our OUs and our REs. That's all. Could that be a factor because it's not the mother tongue? Like, uh, I don't, I don't think you know, enough of the team, like the lead writer that we, we, the lead writer was in our demo and she, I, I don't think that she was French Canadian. She had no trace of an accent whatsoever. Okay. 
I'm so no. I, it, it could be because the voice act like it. We could be running into heavy rain syndrome where you get the one guy who <laughs> doesn't know how to voice act because he's not an English speaker. It's possible. And it just happens to be that that's the main character, <laughs> <laughs> which is a ouch. Jason. So uh, Human Revolution, August 23rd, I believe. Yes. So, OK. And then 26th in Europe, I think. Cool. Yeah. Well, I am excited for it. I mean, me too. I, I love stealth games and some of the early previews for this were saying that it's some of the best stealth action we've had in a really long time. So I'm excited to see that. So. I'm really interested in how the story is going to play out. They just it's scored. The conspiracies. Oh, my God. That goal was awesome. Wow. That was freaking awesome. Sorry, Sorry to our listeners, but we are watching Game 7 right now. RPG oh, Man is hockey. big into hockey. Go Bruins. <laughs> no, are... they just, like, he got pushed on the way in, and the, the puck just slid into the net. It was we, pretty awesome. We love you guys so much that Wait. we're recording this podcast during Game 7. Yeah, you guys are lucky. Finals. Oh, my God. That is such a great <laughs> goal. Love I can't get over it. Okay. Uh, so now. I think we should slow it down a little bit because there's a lot of other really big releases, but let's space them out. So let's talk about something maybe a little bit smaller. So not like a Skyrim or Mass Effect. All right, want to go with Tides of Destiny? Yes, let's talk about a game that I have never even heard of. Okay, me Is and really- Derek saw this one. Hey, Rob, do you like to farm? <laughs> oh, it's, oh, oh, okay, I'm muting. I'm going to go away. Just message me. Um, do you like pretty uh, colors? Whatever. Just message me and I'll come back. I'm going to watch the game. All right. Well, me and Derek got to see Rune Factory Tides of Destiny, which we are both very excited about because we are big fans of Rune Factory Frontier, which, judging from Frontier to this, it looks like it's just the world is so much bigger. And in Frontier, the world was big, but there's just something that about, you know, having finding islands in the ocean, you have your little golem and you <laughs> smack down on the water to raise them and all that. It's it's pretty 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 intensive from what we saw and i think that this is really the type of game that a lot of you know jrpg fans and everything else really need right now because it's one of those big games and can pretty much do a wide variety of tasks in it uh what am i missing here with everything it's, it's the farming still there um the kind of crops you can grow depend on what monsters you you tame so that's pretty interesting because it make, brings that into important for monster raising. Uh, the battles also, me and Derek saw some pretty cool ones in the ocean with the golem. And that's, I yes. mean, I it sounds it's... like you had a ro- uh, transformer and you were like going after the thing. Now, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't here for this demo, but did they have any uh, any of the move controls shown? No. No, okay. We didn't see any, unfortunately, which I am interested to see how that will pan out because you just don't know always how that's going to work. From what we saw, the game, like, graphically looked pretty, it was very bright in the Harvest Moon realm. Now, it it was bright, but say, so this was originally a game that was was for Wii. Yes, yes. And... Diane, does it look like a port of a Wii game, or does it look like a PS3? No, it actually looked pretty good on the PS3. That's why I was surprised. Derek, what did you think? Yeah, it looked pretty. It looked like they developed them. It at the looked same a lot time. crisper and cleaner and just clearer. Like, you yeah, know. it had uh, really good use of color. Um, I know that some games might take it too far with like the anime style, but um, so many games, while they're excellent games, are so muted with all of these browns and grays and blacks. <laughs> yeah. And I know that you know that doesn't make them bad. It's just like it's really refreshing to see color. Just so a, the yeah. world is really colorful. It's uh, it's 
you know, like Kim said, it's huge. Um, when you actually go into the exploration mode in the ocean, it's like a huge grid and you sort of, you, you pick a coordinate and the giant kind of slowly makes his way there and you get a sense of the scale. Um, just, just real quick on the color thing. Can I just give a special shout out to Ken Levine for making a shooter that is not brown and gray like bioshock infinite is so filled with color and i'm it's so vibrant and alive i'm just like can we get more of this please yeah i think yeah. we're all pretty jaded from like you know the use of the color so i think i'm okay if something... diablo has rainbows oh no. i'm okay with that brown I... was the theme of this year's e3 yeah so i think uh... with uh, uh tides of destiny it was refreshing to see you know a game that's going to be on a console that was that bright and endearing yeah, in colors the only thing that bothered me okay so i'm gonna go give you a brief overview of the story it's about aiden and his childhood friend sonja and basically sonja gets trapped in his body so it's like every guy's worst nightmare being ah, it's like all of me it's that steve time. martin movie it's the steve yeah. martin movie all of me so you're figuring out basically how to get them separate in the beginning and after that you're allowed to play as a female now this is the first time you're ever allowed to play as a girl in the rune factory series but it takes some time to get going the only thing is that the guy is big pimpin has nine different marriage prospects to choose from and her <laughs> sonja only has three guys so i hope the three that she has to choose from are very interesting unlike um it's another wonderful life where we got stuck with some not so interesting characters to romance and Look, the island's not a sausage fest. Sorry. <sighs> a shame, slim, shame. Slim pickings for the girls. But so, uh, <laughs> Kim mentioned the combat a little bit. Um, when you're in the oceans on the giant, the giant does fight monsters that you encounter in the ocean. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes when you pound down to find new islands, it'll pull up a monster instead, or, it'll, or the monster will be like the guardian for the island. Um, but in addition to those, there's you know the normal combat as your player character Which, and it looked really fast um much way... better than i've ever seen it look like just very smooth i know yeah that there i mean it's not like bayonetta or anything but it definitely no, but i mean i was surprised series, by how fluid yeah very fluid and yeah just... the animations were fast you know jumps and flips and slashes and all kinds of cool stuff so it, it's definitely not going to be like a side thing combat has been improved a lot in this one and I think that's been always my big thing with the Rune Factory games is I find when I write my reviews, I'm like, yeah, the combat works decently, but it's not, it doesn't do enough. It just feels like you're tapping a button and this one seemed to have, you know, a different scale of like different attacks that you could do. And it just looked a lot better. So we're optimistic for it. Oh, yeah. It'll be and the coming out in fall. So yes. don't have an exact date yet, but. I'm hoping it doesn't. I'm hoping they space out between Tale of Two Towns, which is the one for the 3DS and DS. We also saw that, but I'm hoping that they don't release them in the same span of times because I really like to spend as much time as I can with one game. So that's my only fear with it. But no, it's looking good. Yeah, didn't they do like uh, Friends of Mineral Town and A Wonderful Life at the same time back in the GameCube yeah, days? Because I remember being all stressed about it. <laughs> Yeah, well, because it's hard because you want to, these games are, they take, you could, like, I honestly think I'm going to put, like, 100 hours into Tides of Destiny, and I'm not even joking about that, because that's how deep these games can go, and you can keep playing for a while, and plus, you know, you're exploring and that aspect. I've always found the Rune Factory games to be very good at feeling like you're making discoveries on your own, and you're piecing it together, the puzzle of everything, and I really enjoy that. 
What, plat- what platform is it again? Uh, PlayStation 3 and Wii. Should so. I should I play this, Kim? Should I give it a try? Should I get should I get down with my farming self? Yeah. I don't. I don't I, even know what to I, say. I don't like, know if this would be a game for you, Rob. The, the, I'm not I don't think it's a Rob game. I'm sorry. Rob. I think you'll have issue. You'll be like, this girl won't want to marry me because I didn't give her the right gifts. Well, I gave her gifts. I don't understand because you have to like specifically go towards each character's um, Rob, choice and stuff. But, like. Rob, I'm not particularly fond of Harvest Moon or Rune Factory. They're not bad games. They're just not my thing. I have a feeling you're going to fall into the same category where you'll be able to see where the game, uh, you know, excels. And then you'll be like, I have no desire to play this whatsoever. Okay. I, you know, I just want to spread my wings a little bit. I feel like I, I think this is just me being on like summer vacation. And now all I want to do is like play games and write. And I'm like, oh, maybe I should try some things out of my if comfort you, zone. If you want to play Rune Factory, you've, you've got a DS. Yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah. Play the third I mean, one. Yeah. Go get Rune Factory three. It's like $15. Oh, and it's okay. the best of them. And I, I have... still have I still have Infinite Space, which I do want to play when we record, like next time. I want to try a little bit of that. So. Infinite Space was, was so frustrating to me. That gives, oh that game goody! Gives me a damn headache! I can't even <laughs> deal with it. Oh goody! Because <laughs> I so do so well. Yeah, oh. I do so well with those games. We forgot anyway. to mention that the farm is inside the giant, which we thought was pretty freaking cool. So it's just all these different touches. Like they've never had something like this. I remember with Frontier, the, you know, the island, you went up on a beanstalk and it was in the sky. But this one is all about the giants and the island world. So it seems like they're really kind of expanding to something different. And I think this is pretty much what fans are waiting for. So we'll see if it pans out when it comes out, if it lives up to all we're hoping. Cool. It is promising. So before we go on to another big title, I want to just take a couple of minutes to talk about um, actually a Facebook game, which I know that you're going to be like, oh, my God, it's a Facebook game. Is it Margaritaville? No, it's not Margaritaville Online. However, I do love me some Jimmy Buffett. (laughs) It played on the car today for me when I was in the car and I was just like, oh, there's a Facebook game coming out for this. All right, what, wow. What game are you talking about, John? Uh, I'm talking about Nival's Prime World, which honestly came out of nowhere to surprise me. It was one of those meetings that I booked, actually not to see Prime World. I thought they were going to show us uh, the King's Bounty uh, Facebook game, and they showed us uh, Prime World. Now, Prime World is it's it's a MOBA, so it's one of those games that's kind of on the very outskirts of our pub or of our coverage. Um, for those who don't know, MOBAs are games that are like Defense of the Ancients or League of Legends or Heroes of New Earth, where you have, usually it's five on five, and there are NPC characters that go at each other, and your job is to kill the other guy's base. It's uh, it's based on an old Warcraft 3 mod, and it's it's not a genre that we, we cover. I'm going to have impressions of this, but I don't think it's something that we're going to review. But... Nival, which is a Russian company that made King's Bounty and uh, and Ether Lords and a bunch of actually really cool games, um, they have Prime World, which is a MOBA for Facebook. But it's the kind of game where the MOBA aspect is just for the hardcore. So I love League of Legends. I play like, I don't know, nine or ten games a week of League of Legends. And I would be, I'd be like, awesome, I'm going to play the MOBA part all day. But you know what? Kimberly's my friend on Facebook. And I'm going to say, okay, Kimberly, do you want to play like a Zuma clone or do you want to play a more strategic 
you know, kind kind of like you, there are lots of Facebook strategy games like the Heroes of Might and Magic one. Um, and she could play that and play non-hardcore, and it helps me as I'm in the MOBA. And it's just, it's it's very interesting. And then there's stuff inside the actual MOBA. Like when you take territory, it goes in and there's one side that's technology and one side that's nature. And if you take a part, you know, you take an area, it becomes nature or technology and you get more power there. And you know what? I, it was one of those appointments that I, I went into not, it was like, okay, this is something to book and this is something to do impressions for. And I came out of it impressed, you know? We didn't see a whole lot of it. It's going to be out actually next month. I think it's already out in Russia. Um, but it was just something that was very intriguing and very interesting and something that that wasn't what I was expecting, you know? I get that sometimes where I'll go into appointments, and it's like, I have no interest in this game whatsoever, and then I do. So this is probably one that I'm going to check out. Cool, cool. In that same vein, uh, could we just, like, take five minutes and have everybody just say uh... – maybe a non RPG that just kind of caught their eye, just not, not to go off track, but just like, you know, 30, 30 second quick hit on something that really like caught your eye, whether it was an RPG or not. Space Marine. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't had a chance to look at it. I've, I've just been so deadly cynical about the whole thing. All right. So you know how, um, the big thing right now in like shooters and action games is like, we need to be tactical. This is um, like, screw it. <laughs> Yeah, Space Marine is like, no, you're a giant Space Marine. Here, here's a chainsword and a gun. Kill everything. This sounds like the game made for me when I yep. was playing Heavy Rain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it it was actually the only non-RPG I got to play. I was so booked up with appointments, but I had an hour and a half after my last appointment on Thursday. And I walked to the THQ booth, and there was the one demo station that had no one on it. And I was like, this was meant to be. And I went and I played it, and I loved it. Cool. Cool. I'll, I'll give mine real quick. You weren't there. You, just based, I watched. I watched so much coverage. You have no idea. Like G4 spike, it, game trailers, everything was rocking. And out of all the demos that I saw, Batman: Arkham City. Holy crap! We couldn't even get into that. The Holy, line was, I was so packed every day. I yeah, I'm sad Holy about that. Lee. Yeah, we we could have lied when we were at Warner Brothers. They were like, "What do you want to see?" And we were like, "Well, Lord of the Rings and yeah. Bastion." And I didn't Batman. even think to lie. Yeah. I didn't think to lie there. That's not an RPG. Just show us Batman. Every wow. time they show Bat, like I'm playing through Arkham Asylum again right now, and that Arkham City just looks nuts. Like, holy, these guys have no right to be doing this much awesome. Well, like, like, holy hell. Everyone was everyone was like, oh, my God, Batman from this developer that's never made any games. No, you know what? I know. Ur I, Urban I, Chaos Riot Response was one of my favorite PS2 games. and I know, I know. And then, I know, I know. They, they were a talented developer already, and then they had the time to make something. And then the other game that was, I'm kind of cheating a little bit, but the other game that was kind of a giant, wow, I'm so happy to be seeing this. And then I saw it, and I went, oh, God, they need to show more of this game. Hitman Absolution. Oh, I'm sorry. Hitman Conviction, which kind of scared the crap out of me a little bit, being a longtime Hitman fan. And the first <laughs> thing that they show is an absolutely gorgeous linear level, and that's like antithesis of Hitman. So that's it's, it's you know what? it's still IO. And I know I think it's going to be okay, but that scared the crap out of me because it looks gorgeous. Holy crap! I mean, okay. I, I'm good. Hey, do you know who publishes that? Square Enix. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> any, did anybody Rob's else have any? hopes are all dashed now. Uh, so. Between that and Tomb Raider. Uh, did anybody else see anything that was like yeah, jump out I at saw, you? 
Well, here's my thing. I've been thinking about this the other day, and the survival horror genre is kind of dying. So it's dead and buried. You know, because in the PS2, if I wasn't playing an RPG, I was playing a, a survival horror game. And so I checked out Silent Hill Downpour, and I'm a little... Okay, I'm optimistic, but not like, oh my god, optimistic. It, uh, seems, it seems like they got the atmosphere for that they game, They right? did, exactly. Which like I good. felt like I was playing a Silent Hill game again. Like, Homecoming, I didn't feel that really. I know it wasn't by the team, so that, you know, Konami, but... Uh, downpour really feel like i just like the feel of it i like that you're playing as a character who you don't know but he's a convict and he you know escape like he, he his bus crashes kind of by silent hill so you have no idea if you're helping someone get through silent hill who you really shouldn't be helping get through silent hill and i think it adds an interesting um take what, on it what do you want yeah. to bet that he has a mysterious past and you're going to find out about it and oh, it's I'm probably sure I'll going find all about it see i i love <laughs> i love silent hill 2 so much much, but I am so tired that that has become the print. That that is basically the template for all Silent Hill games now, and I'm so. Well, either sick that of, or they're looking for their child. So. You know, yeah. It's it's that or everything has become a shooter. You know, game yeah. like the survival horror genre now is Dead Space. Like it's yeah. It's a horror exactly. shooter, not a survival but, horror game. What I liked with yeah, Downpour is it actually kind of got my pulse racing. Like, there was this huge scene where I was running down a hallway, and you have the option to, like, look back as this huge, like, entity is, like, of this fog entity is, like, going this red, it's red-soaked, is coming at you. And, you know, you have to try to push things down to stop it in the way. And it's like, I could never get to it as fast as I wanted to. And I'm like, like in the horror movies, when you trip, you know, and the, well, when the character trips and you're trying to push it out in the right amount of time, it just had that feeling to it. And I was like, Ooh, this might be good. So cool. we'll see. We'll see. But oh. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. I oh. was not so much before, but I think it'll be decent. It definitely looks good. Then the only other game I, I want to say, and then I want Kim and, uh, and then I want Liz and Derek to say darkness two looked surprisingly good. Darkness two looked bad ass. Is it even the same team? No, no, it's a uh, digital extreme. Some of the guy, uh, I think it, it's the same guys that did, um, some of the Bioshock work for the PS three. Oh, yeah. Okay. That Which game it's looks a, it's nuts. surprising considering that they're working on the, uh, the star Trek shooter. Yeah. Too. They're working on everything and darkness too. Like you take a guy and you wishbone him in half. I'm there. <laughs> I'm there. Like I just, I love, but the main character is voiced by Nolan North. Oh, yeah. okay. overuse. Liz, give us a game. Um, I'll have a couple of quick short ones because I didn't get a lot of non-RPG time either. Uh, I stopped. Kim was with me. I stopped at Sony's booth and played a bit of the multiplayer part of Assassin's Creed Revelations, which is which looked a lot better than we thought. Like it first started up, and I was like, "Oh, this is probably didn't need to be multiplayer." But Liz went on to play yeah. and let her tell you about it. But it, it looked better than we thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was iffy at first, but it, it worked pretty well. It was very, you know, Assassin's Creed. I haven't gotten very far in 2 yet, and I haven't played Brotherhood at all. So I can't really compare Revelations to those two at all. But, you know, it was uh, like 3 versus 3. And for the first part, it was the three of us chasing the other three uh, through generic Italian city. And, and the second part was, of course, vice versa. So the first part, you could hide by running into a crowd and then turning everybody into what you guys look like, so they don't know who, you, they don't know which ones are you, and I, I got caught, like, so many times, but I got my payback in the second part, and I think I ended up getting those kills or something, 
So it was a lot of fun. I didn't get any time with a single player, though, so I couldn't tell you anything about that. Yeah, it's fun if you want to sneak up on people and, like, like the, it has an arrow showing you that someone's in the area that you're in, but you have to figure out who it is and where they're at. And like I said, because like yeah. Liz said, they have the ability to turn in a bunch of people around them to look like your character. It's kind of like playing a guessing game. But yeah. it, it looked a lot better than I thought because I was originally like, oh, another game that probably doesn't need multiplayer. But it's kind of yeah. awesome because you're playing the guessing game while you're going around and trying to, like, uh, trick people out. So, Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And it still worked well into the Assassin's Creed environment. Uh, the other thing I saw, which I didn't actually get to play, but I <laughs> watched someone play Ninja Gaiden 3 for, like, 10, 15 minutes. And I haven't played the first two, but it looked like a lot of fun. But I was the environments looked lame, but the combat looked it, awesome. Yeah, that was combat looked really were... fluid and just like. Well, I mean, that's, fun. What, yeah. that's what Team Ninja is known for. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Real fun. <laughs> despite having a story that was completely awful, the gameplay was fast paced and fun. Mm -hmm. As long yeah. as they cut down on the cheapness of the original Ninja Gaiden, where like you would get hit from off screen or you get an exploding shuriken right up your butt and you'd never even know where it came from. Rob, why did I know cheapness was going to come up into this conversation? <laughs> well, no, I, I've just always found I, I've always found uh, Ninja Gaiden to not be hard. It's just cheap. Like I die and I just don't even feel like I had any impact on what just happened. And then I play this scenario again, do the exact same thing, and I don't even get hit. Yeah. Eh. Derek. Yep. Derek, give us a hit. All right, Rob. Well, the game that um, Kim and I saw that we knew you would be so jealous of us if we got to play. Unfortunately, we didn't. But they had Connect Disneyland Adventures. I'm going to go and... cut my wrists right now. I'll be right back. Uh, oh, no. Disneyland <laughs> is awesome. You know, there's also the Connect Sesame Street game, which is made by Tim Schafer. Say what? what? I uh, That I Connect play. conference, those kids, when they did the fist pump, I was just like, Oh my god. Oh, what'd you guys think of the Fable of the Journey? Didn't it look fun? I love how Molyneux apologized. Molyneux was like, no, it's not on rails. It's not on rails. We're so sorry that that's what you saw. It's not on rails. Meanwhile, yeah. he's going back to the production company. He's like, guys, we are no longer making an on rails game. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, not really, though. Um, I, I wanted to see the Devil May Cry reboot, even though it looks kind of eh. Combat looked um, awesome. Oh. I, I got to see like the trailer um, and the they, trailer? they were only showing it behind closed doors like everything else for some yeah. reason this year um, Shock Infinite I'm still mad about that yeah so I wanted to see that didn't let get it to, go um, Kim let it go <laughs> the only game that I actually got to play that was like a non-RPG that I had any interest in really um, was El Shaddai for PS3 that game looks yeah. gorgeous oh, yeah. but the main character looks stupid that game is, it, you know, oh, what was funny is when we were at Ignition's booth and talking to Shane Bettenhausen about uh, <laughs> about um, Dragon's Crown, like, I looked on, and they had little pins that had the main character, and I thought it was Travis Touchdown from... Uh, yeah, from it does look like Travis <laughs> Touchdown. But blonde, yeah. His face just looks weird. His face just looks, his face looks like an Asian person drew an American, and that's what he thinks we look like. Like just ultra. Yeah. Welcome to Japanese characters that are supposed to be American. Yeah, it's like the Asian guys just sitting there going, you know, they all look the same. Just give them a big nose and a flat what, forehead. And... Asian kid, an American dad. It's the same thing that we do. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, least, yeah, Derek, what did you think of the combat in it? Because I watched you play it, but I wasn't yeah, sure. Yeah, California how Travis touchdown aside, um, combat was pretty cool. Um, I liked the idea of being able to steal weapons, but apparently there's only like three. 
at least according to the official website. So that's that's a really big letdown since that seems to be one of their core gameplay mechanics. There's actually um, a demo out now for PS3. For yeah, LG. yeah, you can download it. Ooh, okay. I've heard iffy um, things about the demo though. It's it's all right. Like, um, the thing that that I think the game is is working around is the atmosphere and the art style. Um, it has a lot of really interesting lines, and there's like an inversion of colors. Um, there's one part in the demo where you're running like it turns into a side scroll all of a sudden and um, you're jumping over these platforms and then at one point the colors invert and there's like a sun that shifts to the other side of the screen and the platforms start moving in the opposite direction Um, and he can also ride on these big sort of watercolor waves that are going in the background so it was kind of like almost like a reminiscent of Okami um, just with the the way it's cell shaded Um, but very surreal, trippy, weird looking. But I I thought it looked pretty cool. I think the combat's going to be a little disappointing. Um, Verdict is out, but it looks kind of cool. Cool, 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 cool. Hey, let's go back to what we actually uh, write about here. Yeah, I know, I know. I just, I wanted to give, no, I wanted to, I just wanted to, no, E3. No, no, before before we go back, Twisted Metal. Yeah. No. I don't know. I didn't play it, but my brother's on the dev team, so. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. John has a personal push. Cool. In that I know, case, I just, yeah. I wanted to uh, it, it, just being somebody who wasn't there. I I I love talking about E3 because this is an opportunity to play so many games that are so long down the pipe. And I know it was kind of off topic, but at the same time, it's like that's the experience of E3. It isn't just RPGs; it's everything. And I think it's really cool that you guys like get to play all these games. You have no idea how pissed off I am that like. <laughs> My faculty meetings, literally, once again, first day of faculty meetings is the start of E3. I'm just like... Rob, I tell you again, I played games after, like, it, when, you, when you go as press... Um, Hopefully you really, you really Like, no, I mean, this is, this is for our listeners as well. I mean, there, there's this idea that I go when I play video games. I think I played, like, four games. Yeah, because you're waiting in line half the time or waiting. Not, no, not no. Like, so it's just your appointments the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the free and time not. that you do have, you have to run back to the press room right, to write right, about right, it. Right, 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 right. Yep. yep. So, well, I'm, I really want to go. Maybe I can get out of them next year. So that would be nice. Maybe, well, let's see how much they want to keep me at this job. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's let's get back to a big game. Let's get back to probably the biggest game. What is it? 16 square miles of snowy, mountainy goodness. Let's hear about Skyrim. I guess this one's me, because uh, the Bethesda, like, f- to see Skyrim, it was it was locked down. Like, you had to have an appointment <laughs> beforehand. I couldn't bring anyone else from the site. Wow. Um, like, and the, the room, it's not like the room was tiny. You could fit, like, 70 people in the room. I had the very first appointment on the very first day, and it was packed. Wow. Um, but Skyrim... Um, is Oblivion on Mega Steroids. Um, the game, first off, is absolutely gorgeous. Um, like, I, I am truly amazed. They were playing it on 360, and it still looked like it was freaking amazing. I can't wait to see what the PC version looks like. Um, I, just the, the stuff that they did. Every, it's, it's the whole, if you can see it, you can go there. That's like a new thing in game design right now. Like everybody's touting that the Dark Souls guys are saying that it's like you can go here. You can go there. You can do this. You can do that. Like seeing the size of those mountains is just like, oh, my God. What's really cool. Most games you have your map and it's like, oh, here's your paper map. Um, Skyrim was like, Todd Howard was like, that's not cool. You know what? We're going to make the interface and we're going to make everything great. So you want to go to your map? Okay. It just pulls the camera back. (laughs) 
And it's like, oh, here's the world. And here's some markers where the cities are. Yeah, it's like a relief map that we made in middle school. Like, it, it just looks nuts. And uh, getting to the interface, just real quick, I, I didn't know what to think about that interface the first time I saw it. It kind of looked like a placeholder. And then Todd Howard, I saw him talking about it on G4, and he was saying how they wanted to make it like an iPod and very sleek and very elegant. And it's growing on me. At first, I didn't really like it. It, it seemed almost oh. too minimal. Like, and then I'm uh, like, compare that to Oblivion, and it's... What, like specifically, which menus are you talking about? Because the like, are you talking about the inventory? Or are you talking about the skill screen? Uh, well, exactly. You're right because each one's different. So, so you have the inventory, which is very like an iPod. You you click on a subset, and then it kind of opens up a new window to the right that kind of labels everything over here. It's it's very iPod-ish, and like you kind of back out, but the windows are all still open. You can see where you're going. Then you have the skill windows, which are just you look up in the sky, and there's a constant constellation and those are your skill trees and, and so each, each star is a skill it it's beautiful like it's just it, it but then when you're actually playing the game it goes to the very fallout 3 minimal hud where you have your compass except now it's in the top of the screen and then you have your three bars for stamina magicka and health and it's just minimal, and it's just so you can just breathe and, in the world. And and the way that it's set up, too, is so that you can go and switch everything on the fly. So in this game, you can hold one thing in your left hand and one thing in your right hand. And you can go and you can assign favorites. You say, okay, here are the ten things that I use the most. Here's what I want to put in my hands. And it's – here's the thing. I, I have a feeling that in regards to the actual core gameplay – things are going to be pretty similar. They talked to us about a really cool quest system. Apparently your quest will change based on how you play and it will give you different objectives, which if that's true, that's amazing. I'm okay with uh, that. But uh, the, the core gameplay is going to be the same, but it's, it's everything is just so perfect. Like everything looked like it fit. It's a cohesive world. Yeah, it, like they got everything right, at least based on what I saw in the demo. And you know what? That's great. That's fantastic. Like that's why I like this game so much is because not only did they get the big stuff right, they got the little stuff right. You know, combat's been improved. It's still RPG combat. Rob and I were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. Um, don't expect something like we would get for with Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. Don't expect a very action-oriented battle system. But you know what? They've added things like stealth kills. They've added new animations. They've they've made combat more streamlined, but it's still RPG combat. Is it too much for me to want them to get the guys who made Condemned? to do their first person combat <laughs> is that wrong that that i after playing condemned i'm like god all first person melee combat should be like this yeah i hear you yeah i i guess uh, there's there's two concerns that i have for skyrim we, we talked about this before um the the first concern is the combat and i i'm very excited to play it I wouldn't, uh, you know, I've gone back and I've tried to play Oblivion again, and I'm like, oh, good God, this combat is just, I, I hate it. But uh, Skyrim looks like they're really expanding on it. It looks like it's really, you know, improved. It looks very Bioshocky, with, like, one power on one hand and one thing in the other, and so you you get to, like, throw the fireball and then hit him with, you know, a sword instead of a wrench. But, and I really like that. 
so I'm a little worried about the combat, but I think the bigger thing that I'm worried about, and it really dawned on me when I was playing Fallout 3 versus Oblivion, two games that I just played the ever-loving crap out of. Oblivion's world was very gamey to me. Like, Oblivion has this uh, – the Elder Scrolls has this huge overarching storyline. You know, all these characters, all these stories, you know, they're trying to flesh out a world like Dragon Age or Game of Thrones or something huge. I don't care. I, I literally don't. I'm going and I'm talking to the dude that's on my quest readout, and he's just like, well, you know, by, by Skyrim's beard, we need to go get this sword from this. I'm like, dude, just tell me the quest, and I'll go do it, whatever whatever you want me to do. But then I play Fallout 3, and because I have that connection to Americana, I have that connection to the world, I want to know why there are super mutants at the White House. You know, I want to know these things. And, and when I played Fallout 3, I didn't care. Like, it was, oh, that's cool. That guy has Abraham Lincoln's hat. I don't Really? Care. You didn't yeah. care? Maybe maybe it's just I'm a sucker for that. But, like, well, <laughs> but I cared. And when I played Oblivion, and I, I'm not saying this is, like, a, you know, game-ending problem with Oblivion, but I just – it felt like a game. I didn't care why I was going on a quest. It's very similar to like Diablo. Why am I going to save Kane? I don't know because the game told me to do it. All right, I'm going to go save him. You know, who, what do I care? So I, I want to add one quick thing, and we've kind of blocked out everyone else because they don't care about this game. Um, one me thing I care. I just don't know anything about it, really. Yeah. One thing that I thought was really cool was they showed us some of the spells and there's like, you know, they've got the kind of spells you'd expect where there's like a berserk spell where you can cast it on an enemy and the enemy will turn on his allies. And, you know, we like I said, we had the very first demo on the very first day and there were two guys, one in a guard tower and one outside. And they cast the spell on the guy outside and he ran in and he shoved the other guy out of the tower window and he fell. And Todd Howard looked and said, Wow, we've never seen that before. Oh, I'm so happy about that. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, <laughs> I, I will let Liz say, and then we'll go to another JRPG or something else. JRPG, so. Me and Derek, like John said, he was the only one that got to see Skyrim, but... Oh, we saw one Skyrim. Thing Skyrim is, it had the best <laughs> ad at the show. Which was, was the, freaking amazing. That three... Three building high ad. It was at ridiculous. the uh, How many stories high was that? Like fifteen? Like a million. I don't know. It was huge, but you'll it see it in our in our E three gallery when it goes up. But it was over nine thousand. <laughs> over nine thousand. Exactly. I think it's it's very interesting that Elder Scrolls, which began as a which began as a PC game, it then became a console game because that was the thing to pick up when you bought a three sixty. Like it came out shortly after the three sixty release. There really weren't a lot of games at the time, and it was the same thing with the PS3. Shortly after the PS3 release, it was, you need to get Oblivion. You need to get this game that proves why you bought this new hardware. And a whole new generation, a whole new swath got to experience this game, and that that's amazing for Bethesda. Like They never would have hit that mark if they hadn't released Oblivion when they did. And now they have people, people are talking about Skyrim, the same people that all they do is play Call of Duty all day. It's amazing to me. Like, you know, I, I saw that happening a little bit with Morrowind on the original Xbox. It started to hit that. Yeah. Like, it, I, I worked at a game crazy back in 2002 and shortly after Morrowind came out. And you know what? People that you wouldn't expect to play that kind of game loved it. Yeah. Like, my dad loved Morrowind. 
Weird. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about something else. But Skyrim looks awesome. 11, 11, 11. Yes. Yes. Cool date. That is a cool date. Is that the same day as Uncharted 3? I think it is. I don't know. Uncharted 3 will have to be made. Mistakes were made. <laughs> so um, we, we have a couple of JRPG options. I know that. Whoa, 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 whoa. John, whoa. you're coming John, weird. John, you're you. John, you you're went a robot. Max... John turned into a robot. John was all Max. Turned into Adam Jensen. <laughs> Do I sound less like a robot now? Yeah, yeah you're better you're now. Yes. <laughs> okay. We, ha- we have a couple options. I know Derek went and saw uh, White Knight Chronicles 2. Um, Kim and I also took a short look at the two Devil Survivor games. Uh, we um, can talk about Dark Souls. Want. Oh, oh, I want there... Dark Souls is last. Oh, okay. All right. I think that we should make Derek talk because he's been pretty silent. Derek, talk. What's that all about? Well, I went to the appointment um, for White Knight Chronicles 2 with Dennis, and um, he actually ended up doing the write-up on it. So I just kind of observed and took notes. Um, It it looks actually pretty cool, worth buying for sure. Um, I played the first White Knight Chronicles for only a few hours and was kind of put off by it. Same here. What's going to happen with 2? Well, the, the thing that I really didn't like about the first one is the, oh, God, the recharge time for your attacks. It was like there's this gigantic circle, and every time you execute any action, you have to wait for the circle to refill before you Yeah, I remember running else. around the field just to, like, avoid you it. Just, you just stand there, and yeah. it's like, and distance didn't matter. Um, like, enemies could just hit you from wherever. Uh, it, it just, it drove me crazy, and I felt like it was a lot of wasted potential. Um, but this one... Um, we talked to the, the one of the developers, um, and he was telling us that they put a, a really big emphasis on making sure that the recharge times for abilities were different um, and shorter overall, so that there's a lot more um, tactical. You, you pay more attention to, to what you're doing in the battle. Like, I guess before defending would take up one of your recharge slots, whatever you want to call it, um, and now you can just kind of defend on a whim. Um, it also matters where you are in relation to the enemies. So the combat just seems more dynamic. They spruced up the graphics, which is nice. And the the really big bonus is that for those of us who didn't play White Knight Chronicles 1 all the way through, it includes that on the disc. It's going to have both games on one disc. And White Knight Chronicles 1 will include the new graphics engine and all of the new battle refinements. Yeah, that's what I was just about ready to ask. So if they're going back and making White Knight Chronicles 1 play better, that's, that's a huge deal. Yeah, so it's pretty much like they took their game and they thought they said, you know what, we realized that it wasn't the best it could have been, so we took the sequel and we're going to go ahead and redo the first game just like it. So that's really impressive to me that they even went back and put all that work in. Does the game finally look and play like that first E3 demo that was just like, Jesus Christ, this looks amazing, and then the game <laughs> came out and it was like, oh. Um, it looks pretty good. It, it looks like... Um, I still think that it has kind of an MMO aesthetic, like it looks like an offline MMO, but it doesn't, um, it, it just looks sharper. Um, again, good use of color. Uh, I, I don't think it's going to look as good as any CG trailer promised us, like that first Final Fantasy 13 trailer where she's like running around with that crazy fake menu that I thought was ridiculous. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think it looks pretty good, actually. The graphics look really nice. That's probably not the biggest reason that people are going to play it, but it looks really playable. Um, they did mention that the party system, you can have, I think, six people now instead of four. Um, I could be wrong on that, but I know that they did increase the party size. It still has the Georama system where you can build your own little custom town, 
and then you can have people come into it and um i want to say i think they can buy stuff out of your shops i i feel bad that i don't have more information but like i said i was just kind of standing there watching i Um, i have a question that that maybe they answered in the japanese version of white knight chronicles 2 you had to play the first game like if you didn't have an end game save it made you play the first game before you could play the second (laughs) one yeah this you can skip in the u.s version you do not have to play white knight chronicles one if you want to skip straight into two so that's your choice eat your eat your vegetables before you get dessert young man well yeah you could play it in the new engine if you wanted to. yeah that's just so weird Yeah, so you can skip straight through. If you beat White Knight Chronicles 1 and you're like, forget it, I'm not playing through it again, just jump right into 2. And I'm pretty sure you can just use your, you can import your data yeah, from number 1. Yeah, you can import one. your save if you have it from the first yeah. one. So all in all, I mean, it's shaping up to pretty much improve upon the first one in every way. Um, it wasn't really on my radar since I didn't like the first, but after watching it, um, and I got, I mean, I played it for a couple minutes and, and I liked it. I thought it seemed pretty cool, so I'm definitely going to keep an eye on it. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. So another JRPG. You guys were talking about Devil Survivor 1 and 2. Yeah, um, there's really not much to say here, which I know is bad to say. These games are going to be good. But if you've mm-hmm. played Devil Survivor, you know what to expect from both of these games. Mm-hmm. Especially uh, clocked. <laughs> yeah. The three... uh, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say overclocked. They went into a lot of effort to make it fully voiced. Um, yeah. That's, they... That... They also tried to make it they, as a game that adding that eighth day in there for motivation to play through. They tried to spruce it up so it didn't feel like they were making people who played the other game just buy another copy of it in an enhanced version. So they okay. said they didn't censor anything. They stuck to the localization. Oh, good. Um, there, there's uh, there's very, very little 3D in the game. Um, most of the game plays out on the bottom screen. Yeah. So if you want amazing 3D effects, this is not the game for you. Speaking but, of speaking of 3D, so how how long do we think until Nintendo drops the price in the 3DS? I'm saying December. Wait, what day does the uh, <laughs> does the PlayStation Vita come out? <laughs> yeah, that yeah we're not drop. sure. Yeah. <laughs> just, but, Sony just you could actually hear Sony giving Nintendo the middle finger with that price point. You could just hear it. <laughs> That's just painful. Well, the 3DS, it has a lot of potential. It just doesn't have a strong software lineup right now. That's the problem. Yeah. Well, I think it's a, but... it's a combination of that, but also the way that handhelds are changing and the way that, you know, do you want to be carrying around another device instead of your iPhone, instead of your iPad? What do we want out of these devices? And I think I think the 3DS is going to bounce back. I don't think it's going to be a flop, but... Here's what I think, and I think that a lot of the market that bought the DS and made it popular, at least in North America, those are the people that are going to go to the iPads and their iPhones and that sort of thing and play Angry Birds all day. Um, The problem with the 3DS is that I'm finding is the 3D is not as enticing as I thought it would be. Actually, it's a little off-putting at times when you play games. gives you a headache. Um, That's what I've been hearing, yeah. But I don't feel like games have really taken as much advantage of it as they possibly could. Or like I said, here we're talking about um, Overclocked, and there's very little 3D in it. Yeah, I I think that's going to come later in its life cycle. I guess the composition... I feel like developers are, like, testing out the 3D technology, and I think the good games that really make use of it are going to come later on. Well, when I... Also, they're trying to find a good balance of it. You can either yeah. overdo it or underdo it, and so that's... Yeah, it's going to take time, but I think the 3DS will be fine in the long run. 
I got to say it. Part of me was sitting there during the PlayStation 3 conference with all the news that's been coming out about Blizzard suspiciously looking for PlayStation 3 designers for Diablo 3 uh, for the Diablo 3 team. I was sitting there going, are they going to do it? Are they going to do like when when uh, what's his face said when Jack Trenton was like, oh, yeah, uh, that's the end of the the conference. And as he was walking on stage, I thought he was going to go, oh, yeah, one more thing. And like the Diablo 3 logo was just going to (laughs) come up and it was just going to be like, yep. And just put it on the Vita. Holy crap! Like, yeah, I figured they might pull well, something like I mean, that. But we're we're seeing games now. Like Dragon's Crown got announced as a PlayStation Three and PlayStation Vita title, and you know the two consoles are going to have some kind of interoperability. What was the other one? Runic, or it was something like that. It was it was the one that they showed at the conference that Ruin? was. Yeah, Ruin. It 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 is Diablo. I mean, it's a hack and slash top down dungeon crawler. Which, actually, uh, top-down Dungeon Crawler 3DS, um, I was pleasantly surprised by Heroes of Ruin. Cool. Me too, actually. Cool, cool. The Vita looks very, very impressive. I, I will definitely be picking one up, simply because then I get to play Tactics Ogre, because you can download Ooh. PSP store games. And I really want to play Tactics Ogre. <laughs> I was <laughs> yeah, going to buy Kyle Miller's uh, PSP just to play Tactics Ogre, and then that price point came out, and I was like... <sighs> Sorry, dude. Yeah. No. <laughs> Sorry, dude. But, uh, ouch. And then all... and, <laughs> last thing, and then and then I'll let you talk. Last thing, the ultimate want want of E3, which was we are proud to announce that our 3G coverage will be through AT and T. I love how some people openly booed. That was that was the Ridge Racer moment of E3 for for Sony. It's like Sony can't get through an E3 without doing something that's so incredibly stupid. I was like, uh. oh, my favorite press conference moment is still two years ago when they announced uh, when at the EA conference when they announced Charm Girls Club. (laughs) I was sitting there and everyone was clapping, but it was so derisive. <laughs> just like, like that slow clap that's just like, like okay i'm supposed to clap but i really it, don't want to be polite but honestly really <laughs> was it as bad as when ubisoft announced a laser tag game oh god wait they announced a laser <laughs> tag game like last year or two years ago they had a laser t- like two people were playing laser tag in the audience and no one knew what to make of it they were like <laughs> what it was almost oh, as bad as mr caffeine who was the ubisoft presenter who is just awkward and shameful secondhand embarrassment but, you know I, I saw an article on on one of the the blog sites about you know what is that the way to get your games coverage because bad press conferences yeah bad press conferences yeah i, I, saw that I guess so but, all right more games more games so, uh do we want to talk about anything with devil survivor oh, too I, well i'll finish up on devil survivor look you read the, you read this website you listen to this podcast you're you if you own a ds you should be familiar with devil survivor it's a strategy rpg except except when you enter battle it becomes a traditional rpg and you have a couple of turns yeah Uh, devil survivor 2 is the same thing yeah fresh new cast um new story story internet site where people die and you're trying it's like they say they they kind of describe it as like final destination like you see your deaths happening and your cheating death and all that fun stuff is going to be going on cool but they did mention that they are going to add some kind of like social linky systems to it a la persona Mm -hmm. so if you like persona you like social links uh it's important there are there's permanent death for player characters in this game 
Uh, so, yes. Uh, the stress. Oh, sad now. It says that that you know those links are going to be important. I've never played a Devil Survivor game. Is it going to kick my butt as hard as Strange Journey did, where Strange Journey just absolutely pasted me, and I was like, eh, I don't really want to play this anymore. Not as much, but a little, a little bit, bit. Yeah. Strange Journey was definitely harder, but yeah. Devil Survivor kicked my ass on some maps. Strange Journey was just like I don't even know how to play. Like I know that that's the standard formula for Shin Megami Tensei games, but like. I had never played one before, and I was like, wow, I have that, no That's a tough one to start game. with. Like, um, yeah, I would Del- not Del- is less difficult than Shin Megami Tensei, but I would still say that you need to play something like Persona 3 or Persona 4, something yeah. that, that will get you into the game a little bit easier. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely I played the crap out of Persona 3 and Persona 4. And oh, then no, I- okay, then you're good. Like, you understand kind of how, how the interactions work with... Uh, with fusions and you've got the base core of Shimigami Tensei. So you'll be okay for, for uh, I think I just sucked at the start of uh strange journey. Like it was just a combination of me sucking and not really like the enemies just hitting so hard. And so I'm, I'm a little yeah. nervous to try another SMT game. I'm like, well, it, yeah, that is one of the harder ones I played though. Like, I got. It. I found it harder than like Nocturne. So at some times, so yeah, strange, strange journey is pretty tough. You should have an easier time with, uh, with devil survivor. All right, should we uh, get to what I think was the best trailer of E3 and made me realize that Star Wars is still cool? Yeah, sure. We can yes. talk about that. I want to talk about the Old Republic. Oh, boy. Because I actually, there's part of me that wants to play it, and then I'm like, eh, I'm scared. You want to hear? <laughs> yeah, go, let's let's. Look no, in. my story. Um, I'm going to upset a lot of people with this. I don't really care for Star Wars. And I don't really get care. out. I don't care for MMOs either. You get, you know uh, that's okay. I went but. to this appointment with John and I left that room like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be the first MMO I devote my life to because it, everything just looked awesome. Like choice is even choice in an MMO is like me and John were talking about. Seems like something that's hard to achieve. But what happens is. You'll be having choices being made as you progress um, based on, like, say you are the one who delivers the final blow in a fight. Like, maybe the next, um, you know, choice your character will pick in the party that you're in. They showed us dice rolls where it was it was almost like rolling for loot, where it's like, here's a dialogue sequence in a dungeon. Everyone choose what they want. And then the game does dice rolls and whoever wins the dice roll gets that choice. Hmm which was honestly really interesting. And then there are legitimate choices when you're not in, you know, a dungeon where you have your choices that are going to affect your character and how things like that play out, which I'm still interested to see how that works out for cohesion in the actual world. Because they showed us a choice where you could kill someone or leave them alive. But I'm, I'm just very interested to see how stuff like that plays out in the actual game. I had never seen the game running before, and then I, I saw the trailer and went, ha, 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 okay, I want to see this now. And I saw some of the game running, and I saw, like, the Imperial Agent, which is the character that I would play as, because A, I love snipers, B, I love being evil, and C, it's a sniper who's evil. Like, why wouldn't I play as this character? Awesome. It's not an action RPG, though, right? Like, you're literally just assign, attack, and attack. Like, I'm not going to be looking down the sights of a sniper rifle like no. Mass Effect. It, it, it's... Okay. It's an MMORPG. Like, okay, okay. That's not know. me complaining. That's just 
I want to make sure that I don't go into the game thinking that it's Matt. Because, like, he was hiding behind cover, and I was like, oh, is this well, kind that, of like, Mass Effect? They, they showed us the uh, the smuggler character. The, the demo that we got was for the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, they showed us the smuggler character who had an ability to create cover, but that gave them increased ability to dodge and that sort right. of thing. Right. So I don't think it's going to be like Mass Effect where it's, okay, I'm hiding behind cover. It's going to be, well... You know, this gives you an increased chance to dodge or an increased chance to avoid an attack. Why would you guys want to go to the light side? Liz, you're with me, right? You're also pure evil. Oh, yeah. I'm totally uh, sweet. I, I, I don't think that Imperial versus Republic. Oh, yeah, Republic. Well, it's the old Republic, yes. You can you can still do light side or dark side from either side. Well, it's called the Imperial Agent. I don't. I don't think that works. I don't think you could be a Republic agent. No, no, no. The classes are unique to each side. Oh, oh, okay. Every character has a light side, dark side meter. Oh. Yeah, and as you play through the game and your choices, it'll kind of... Okay, okay, okay. That makes sense. All right, all right. So you could kill innocent people, but, you know, there's a... um, could be a Jedi that kills innocent people. Just nah, screw it. Well, you could kill somebody who <laughs> deserves to be killed, or you could keep him alive, and he might be somebody who will help you out later in the game. I mean, it could be like yeah, Wagon, no, where you just us, they showed us, people. Uh, they showed us a Sith that the Jedi character defeated, and there was one point where you, they're one run through, they killed him, and the dark side points, and one run through, they left him alive, and he ended up becoming an ally. So you could be a dark side Jedi. That's kind of weird. Well, I think it's it. I don't know if you will change faction. I don't. You know, there there have been stuff in like in EverQuest. You could change your faction. You could uh. become a good. You know, a Fey or one of the. I, I don't remember the EverQuest races, but there are some that are evil. But then you can turn and become good. I don't know if it's going to act like that. If it does, that's really cool. Hmm. Interesting. They haven't mm-hmm. nailed down a date for this game at all, right? They yeah. just keep saying 2011, and I keep saying BS. No, I think it's still when it's done. Yeah, well, they, they've said uh, the guy was on G4 and he was saying, you know, 2011, 2011, 2011. I'm going, <clears throat> all right. Just like just like Mass Effect, right? <laughs> Ooh. Hey, it has a date. But, I mean, the, the actual gameplay is pretty similar to most other MMOs in, you know, in the Western uh, mold. So if you've played World of Warcraft, if you've played Rift, if you've played EverQuest 2, you're going to be pretty familiar with the interface and everything that's going well, on. Well, now there's there's the question, and I'm not trying to be a troll. I'm not trying to be a cynic. I saw that episode of South Park where Stan is just a cynic, where they're like, "Yeah, sometimes your wires just get crossed, and you hate everything, and you're just a cynical asshole." And I'm like, uh, "Well, I hope that I haven't reached that point yet." But when I when I <laughs> all of us are trying to keep quiet right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. I, hey, we're getting to Dark Souls. We're getting there. <laughs> uh, but now, is that what people want? Because uh, Everything I've heard about Old Republic, you know, John said it's a lot like it's a lot like uh, World of Warcraft. It's a lot like Rift. Is that enough to make it stand out, or do we need an MMO that's going to do something completely new, completely out of the box, break the mold, or is it just we no, need to make know, something like World of Warcraft? You know what like happens when people make MMOs like that? They, they, they fail. Right, right, exactly. And so I'm I'm wondering, is that all people want? But are people going to play this for an extended period of time, or is this going to be the little blip in the radar until the next WoW expansion comes out and everybody goes I, back? I have a feeling that they can pull a good 2 million subscribers with this. Like, this is going to be a hefty game, and it's going to be popular. I have a feeling it's going to be what Star Wars Galaxy should have been. <laughs> and also just with how choice is functioning in about yeah. in a large I, part I, of the I, game, I, it kind of separates it from stuff. 
Yeah, I think that the gameplay doesn't necessarily need to be the newest and the freshest as long as they do everything else right. Yeah. I was I hoping agree. for I was hoping for another planet side, you know, the MMO FPS, which no, was No, planet side is good and and Smedley <laughs> loves that game. Like he I guarantee you there will be a second one just because it's John Smedley's favorite game. That was the most boring game I've ever played in my life. <laughs> I remember I went to SOE Fanfare one year for the website and uh at Fanfare, they have all the uh, the tracks where it's like, oh, if you're an EverQuest player, go to this, this, and this. <laughs> and there was the planet side track, and I was like, you know what? I I will go to this. And there were like six people in it. Cool. At a con of like 2,000 people. But they were hardcore, right? No, they were. <laughs> and they looked at my level six character, and they were like, why are you here? <laughs> so Old Republic, we, we think that it's going to end up being – you know, fairly successful and it, it'll end up making yeah. money for EA, but I just, you know, I, I, I think it's going to be fun. Do I think it's going to be perfect? No. Do I think it's going to be fun? Yeah. It looks like a lot of fun. Do, do I think it's going to get Kim to finally play an MMO? Yes. Do we know if uh, DC Universe still has a good population right now? You know, or? I, I don't know. Um, Derek actually went to the SOE. Didn't you, Derek? Yeah, I did. Did they say anything about their subscriber base? He didn't really. Um, he Ooh. did say that they they're trying really hard to cater to the fans and introduce content that the fans are asking for. But he didn't give me like a number. I, I know so that they I'm... had more than a million subscribers at one point, but that was you know that was during the free trial period. Um, but I don't know how much the the Sony hacks and everything else affected them. Oh, yeah. I, actually, I'm pretty sure that it affected them really negatively since people yeah. couldn't play from their PS3s. Um, well, well, and also that, the credit card their numbers going down on PC for like a week, too. Did they? Yeah. yeah. I And I, I want I, I want to say that that game looks really cool, and I did get hands-on time with it. I don't mean to, to take away the discussion, but a lot no, of I, these MMOs are, are starting to blur together. Um, like, I, I mean, I understand that a lot of them have different things to offer, and they're not for everybody, but it's like um, Rift and DC Universe and Raiders, which I played a little bit of at Perfect World. All of these are like, they, they're trying to stand out, but they look the same. Like the gameplay looks exactly the same with a different skin. Um, and that's why I was so impressed by Terra because Terra is seeming to break the mold. I know we're not talking about it, um, but I, I didn't really see anything on the Old Republic, but the other MMO at the show that I think deserves some attention is Terra. See, I, I haven't. I, I haven't played Terra, so I don't know. I know it's a Korean game, and I'm I'm very very cynical when it comes to Korean games. Like yeah, you they have a at, reputation for being really grindy. Yeah, you looked at Ion, and Ion was supposed to be good and amazing, and I know Stephen Harris loved it and reviewed it and gave it a really good score. But to me, it just seemed like, well, I'm gonna grind all day and all night. And you know what? I understand that Terra is supposed to be more action oriented, and I'm excited to it see is. how it turns out. Is it a bad sign when your owner leaves? What? I'm just watching the, the ho- I'm just watching the hockey game and the Vancouver owner left when it was four nothing. He literally got up and walked out. Well, I mean, there's no way they're gonna win. There's only a minute left. <laughs> That's but... just oh, sad. Yeah. So, it's so I think the, the the MMO space is a very it's a very interesting space right now. I mean, you still have Warcraft, which is doing phenomenally well, even though their numbers have gone down a little bit. I know I, I know well, we it, talked before about that, but it's, it's kind of like, it's gone down from like 13 million to 12 million. You know, good it's, God. You know, it's it's still insane. Uh, so what else do we have to talk about? 
Mass Effect. Three. Oh, yeah. Uh, you mean the turret section? Oh, I don't care about that. That I'm was so, a really I'm long so... part of the demo, to be honest. We had, like, a half-hour demo. And we, we just saw a lot in that short time span. So, I don't feel uh, left out with this conversation, by the way, because I just beat Mass Effect 2 today for the first time. We oh, already, right. I, I, think, I don't think we're allowed to talk about Mass Effect 2 anymore. No, we're not allowed to. <laughs> I, I don't think we're allowed <laughs> to talk about banned. it anymore. But we can't talk about Mass Effect 3, and we're, we're putting together our awards now, and, and I think Mass Effect 3 is a runner-up for something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? I, I think Mass Effect 3 is going to be a fantastic game, but it's not making my top five list because, you know what? It's got really cool stuff, and it's going to be epic, but it, it really just looks to me like it's going to be Mass Effect 2 with more stuff. That's kind of what it looked like to me, but I'm okay with that because Mass Effect 2 is absolutely one of my favorite games ever. But I like like some of the, like it's gonna be bigger environments, and I I like some of the changes they made like to the weapons that you can uh, customize them individually now. And then what else do they do? Oh, the way they change the powers. It's more in depth than oh here you can evolve your powers. Oh, yeah. So, so in, I like that. In uh, Mass John, Effect, John, one sec, you're you're doing robot talk again. A robot, bit. am I roboty? Just a little. Just a little. I just want to fix it up a little now? bit. Better? Is that better? Yes, you're much good. better. Yeah, you're good. Okay, I think I've got a loose cable or something in this headset. Um, so there are six levels of powers in Mass Effect 3 as opposed to the four in Mass Effect 2. And the last three levels are going to be like level four, where it's, okay, how do you want to evolve this power? Do you want it to affect your entire party, or do you want it to be stronger? Do you want this, or do you want that? Which I think is going to be really cool. You know, you're going to be able to, it's, it. you know, people are saying, oh, this is going to be a more action-oriented game. They're going even further away from the RPGs, but I don't think that they are. You know what, they're, they're bringing back so more no. statistics in the weapons. They're bringing back other stuff that's more RPG-like. And, I, you know what, I, I think it's going to be great. I really do. But I don't think it's going to be anything new. You don't think it's going to break the mold? No. So. Uh, the I one- think... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, just the only thing that I'm a little worried about uh, with Mass Effect 3, and I'm very excited for it, and I'm not, I'm going to give credit where credit's due because I think uh, Luke Smith brought this up on the Weekend Confirmed podcast, so I don't want to throw it out there as my own idea. But because this story is very focused on this invasion of Earth, mm-hmm. do we think that there's going to be the time to go about and kibitz around the universe and complete side quests, or is this going to be a little bit more structured narrative wise I, I, I don't think we I have think an answer for that but it's if earth is getting wiped out is is he gonna have mm-hmm. is shepherd gonna have the time he or she gonna have the time to go and hang out at the local bar and try to recruit yeah. random blue alien three yeah i i think i think <laughs> it's think... going to be like every other rpg where it is you know what you have to go and save this guy right now unless you want to go to the bar and complete these side quests but then again mass well, effect 2 punished you, you to... for that I think because you have to recruit, like, you have to, like, enlist the help of entire races rather than just random people around the galaxy this time. You're going to have to, like, still fly around the galaxy a whole bunch. Cool. That's just what I think. Yeah, I mean, it it was just the thought that Luke brought up on on that podcast, and I was like, huh. I think you should be able to plot a Mass Effect relay jump and go halfway across the universe while Rhinoa is dangling from the edge of Balan Garden. (laughs) (laughs) i i I really think that where mass effect 3 and kind of the vibe i was getting from the demo i'm not going to spoil anything is that 
it's going to be an interesting conclusion. I don't think it's going to be as predictable as everybody is hoping where you are heroic without making any sacrifices along the way. I think as I watched that demo, I kind of got for the first time ever a little doubtful as if Shepard is really going to be able to do this in a way. You know how I can't stand to see anyone die and how I have to be good in these games. I don't know Mm -hmm. if it's always going to be as cut and dry. Um, We had an instance during the demo, and I'm not going to say what it was, but, you know, the option that you thought was good ended up actually having a bad consequence. And I remember I was talking to John and I said to him, I go, I wonder if you would have picked the harsher option of the two, if it would have changed the outcome in the end. And I'm hoping that it is different in that way where the, you know, Paragon and Renegade options are not always as easy and cut and dry. I think this is the the time where Shepard really has to make the best decisions and they're not always going to be as simple as you can always be the nice girl or you can always be a B-I-T-C-H. Thank you. I think with the demo, uh, I think they're trying to show that there's a low point where, where I don't know if the low point was what we saw in the demo, but I think they're trying to show. I saw that whole demo as a foreshadow for something that might not be as, you know, but I think what they're trying to show is, like, they're, they're trying to put a little bit of doubt on your mind. Like, can you actually save Earth? Can you do this? Can you beat the Reapers? Because they're huge. And, you know, you know you got to do it somehow. It's just a matter of figuring out how. Yeah, they're space puppets. <laughs> Sorry, that <laughs> But has ball. it ever dawned on you guys ball. that maybe the ending, and I'm, I have no idea if this is, like, this is just completely me. Maybe the ending is not going to be as happy as we think it is, or, you know, maybe it's a bio where you never know what they're going to do. Maybe it's yeah. not going to be as cut and dry as we think it will be, or Shepard, like, has oh, no. mastered everything. Like, I don't know what the answer is, but I think it would be interesting if what they did with that demo was foreshadowing something not... I think there's going to be sacrifices, like a lot more sacrifices. Like Mass Effect 2, it was possible to have everybody survive. But yeah, it, I don't think it's going to be that way in 3. I think some important characters will die because there wouldn't yeah. be any point in them dying unless you had already invested your character in them over the course of these games. So Do you have to I, put yeah. a whole gang together again? <laughs> you know like... they, they said that, uh, that allies weren't going to work the same way that they did in previous games. Yeah. So we don't know if if specific story missions are going to have specific allies. Huh. Like during one of the missions, you had they said, uh, they said some allies may come and go. They're not going to be like permanent squad members necessarily. So part, part of the demo was them rescuing a Krogan female. Whoa! And uh, hot. Uh, Morden <laughs> and so Rex were talking to you from far away, and you had Liara and uh, Garrus with you. And that just may be the way that that mission is set up. We don't know. So we're excited. What is it? Three, six? Yeah, yep. sometime in March. Cool. So, I mean, I know, I I'm looking excited. forward to it. I'm really looking forward to it. I loved Mass Effect 2. Maybe I'll even go and play Mass Effect 1. I'm a little 1. sad because this will be the final. And so now I have to find something else to get. It, it, won't, be, <laughs> it, it won't be the final. Yes, it will, Rob. Bioware, they say something, they stick to it. I'm going to pre-order the collector's edition tomorrow. Well, then I'm holding them to, we screwed up with Dragon Age 2. Sorry, we'll fix it. (laughs) Our bad. Well, no, I'm just saying, whenever they have said that they've planned something to be this many games, it it usually, they don't. Was that before or after they were acquired by EA? (laughs) I know, I'm being cynical. I think we're going to, I think we're still going to see 
products in the Mass Effect universe, but I think Shepard's yeah. trilogy will hopefully be done. But then again, you know, Master Chief came back, which was a cool trailer for Master Chief coming back, but I, I did kind of find that to be like a, wow, another Halo trilogy? Uh all right. Yeah, and that's what I when I thought Bungie was done with Halo. That's not Bungie. Been... That's uh, 343 or, four, uh, or whatever. That's, studio. Yeah, it's Peyton. That's Peyton's studio. Uh, Ryan Peyton went over there after working with uh, Hideo Kojima. So that's the other interesting nice. rumor about E3, and then we'll, then we'll get to the last game. Uh, the word is that the Metal Gear Solid crew is no longer working on Rising, and it's actually Platinum. Which, That's a huge rumor right now, which I believe. Yeah. I believe it 100%. They didn't show I, it. I find it very suspicious that because there's always some sort of Metal Gear at E3. I find it very suspicious that there wasn't at least even at least a trailer because Rising even had a trailer last year and didn't look all that bad. It looked different, but I, I, I didn't know what to make of it when they showed it last year. But I think it's very telling that Kojima also had that tweet where he was like, yep, everything I uh, worked on for a year is gone and I'm like, yeah, that was my big clue, too. Yeah, I that, saw that just before E3, and I was like, what the hell is he talking about? It's, it's going to be Metal Gear Solid Rising StarCraft Ghost. <laughs> oh, cool. I'd be okay with awesome. that. Awesome. I'd be okay with that. Well, I'm going to buy that Metal Gear collection thing just to play Metal Gear Solid 3 at 60 frames yeah, per second in HD. All right, we got our Metal Gear for the day. Ah, yes. Okay, so uh, do we just have one more game to talk about, and it's the most important game? I think that we saved this for Rob um, hey. to do his monologue. Um, hey. All right, Rob. Okay. 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 Deep breath. Please, please tell me about Dark Souls. I am so freaking excited. It sucked. It was so bad. <laughs> um, no. You actually it's... play as Ronald McDonald, and you have to give everybody balls from the playpen. Actually, that might be the. Cr- like, I could see Ronald McDonald walking around. That's with your souls. Through. You lose the balls from the playpen. <laughs> quick, 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 oh quick, AFK McDonald. Quick non-game thing aside, Zdeno Chara looks absolutely crazy right now. Yes, he does. Who got the cons mic? Uh, Tim Thomas. Oh, awesome. Yeah, of he course. He's only the yeah, second so. U.S. Damn it, you guys. <laughs> okay, sorry. Back to sorry, sorry. All right, Dark Souls. Um, well, first off, the big thing that they're can you play up, hockey in Dark Souls? No, yes, I wish yes. you could. Um, but there's one big uh, seamless world here, and all the levels are connected, opposed to like in Demon Souls when you warped. Um, and you can go anywhere right from the beginning, so there's no ploys to find like a special item or something to get further in the game. But the story is very simple at its core. Basically, um, you lost your humanity, you're placed into this world, and you're just trying to get back to your human form again. Now, when we asked the... Um, publishing producer if there was going to be more story this time around he kind of made it sound like that they were trying to challenge you to create your own story within Mm -hmm. the world and it would unravel as you went on in the game and every environment in itself has a story to it that it's more about the world as it's always been but they have created a bigger world this time with more discoveries um even if you look at the combat in every way they have made this where they want you to think outside the box um there you could use the environment to you know to your advantage in this there's places special places that you can go for cover that if you use that environment to your advantage you'll get there uh you could light something on fire and that would work i know when we were playing through it um they were 
I it was, it. yeah, it was such a challenge because not many people could figure out how to beat this one uh, dragon that was breathing fire because you just automatically walk into the fire. And Griffin, eh? no one was able to do it while we were there that we know of. But it, it just kind of shows where they're going with this game. They're not going to make it easy. And like I said, they're really hoping that, again, they can bring in with the multiplayer again, which what everyone liked, which was having the message system where you can warn people or be malicious and say, go right and go, go straight ahead and put somebody into a pit of fire. So that was all looking good. I'm interested in the belief system because you're kind of going to pledge a certain belief and your character will act on whichever side you choose. So it'll determine whether or not you are competing with other players or whether you are working together with other players. So we'll see how that works out. That's actually one thing that we, we talked about it a little bit on the last podcast before we started recording on the Witcher 2 podcast and trying to play Demon Souls again now. It, I'm finding that it's a game that you had to be there for, kind of like PSO, mm -hmm. because the community's pretty much dead now. Nobody's yeah. really playing Demon Souls online. There's a very small community that's playing. The only I was hesitant to pick it up now because I knew that a lot of people had moved on at this point. Right. And the online is so like integral well, to are, the. Are their servers community. even still up? I They're hope. still up. Yeah. They're still yeah. up. And but here's the problem: the only people that are still playing this game are the jerks who all they do is play as red phantoms and run around and kill and just player kill all day. And it's really frustrating since I'm playing as like a low level character again to just be invaded by a dude that I literally have no chance of killing. They, they used to have a level cap to prevent that from happening, but I think they've kind of opened it up since, you know, the community's down and I'm sitting there playing it and I'm like, you know, they need to have a way with Dark Souls, and I'm sure they didn't say anything about this, but they need to have a way that, like, when the community eventually dies for this game, because it will, you know, people will stop playing it. They need to make it then easy for me to play with Steven or to play with John or to play with Kim and Kyle, where it's easier for us to get together and play as a group so that that way that community yeah. aspect is still there among friends. Because right now it's practically impossible. Like, yeah. it's so hard to invite somebody into your game that you know. I don't think that's going to change for Dark Souls. And that's they a shame. They said that, yeah, it was going to be up to four multiplayer, but they did say that you can't really hook up with a particular person. Right, but... It, I, yeah, I think it all I'm depends cool, on the beliefs. And I'm cool with that at the start of the game because I loved that about Demon's Souls, but what I'm saying is once the game hits saturation Gone. point... Two and people stop playing it, I think then you switch it, and then you make it easier, and you let the PlayStation or Xbox Live system of trying to get people into your game, you let that take over. So that way, I mean, playing Demon Souls now is kind of a chore, unfortunately. It, it's a game that you're missing a key aspect of the game that was there when it first came out, and the only people that are still playing it are dicks. And it's... <laughs> It's not fun. It's very, very frustrating right now. And I, I didn't like the I didn't like the PK system to begin with in Demon Souls. I found it to be very annoying. Like and now That is the part that I think would drive me nuts about the game. It's, even as I was yeah. watching it being demoed now and some of the classes like, you know, the Black Knight, he can invade someone else's world for player versus player, but then, you know, the enemies are on his side. So it's very like, well, he can't be healed, but it's got to be hard to take Black Knight down if their character is high enough. And even in that, the other class, um, 
oh, what is it called? The pyromancer, which is a little different, is that you make everybody else's worlds tougher. So mm-hmm. then somebody you have, but then it like, it lets you know that someone's done that. So you can go in, but they have to come into your world and then kill you if you're the pyromancer and then order is restored. So yeah. it's kind I, of back to those annoying, I, I you know, really... I like it, and I, I, to me, the best part of Demon Souls was always working together with another person. Mm-hmm. That was that was the best aspect of the game, and the player and the team killing and the the going out and invading people's worlds. It was intense, but I didn't find it fun. And I think one of the ways that they're getting around that is the main complaint that I had about the game, which was if you were running around with a hundred health items. And the other guy was running around with 100 health items. You had the same Mexican standoff where all you would do is hit each other and then walk away and take a health potion. Now, since you're limited to five, based on when you touch one of these bonfires that you're using as a checkpoint, it makes the health potion system that much more intense. Like mm-hmm. now now you're not just, oh, wow, I got hit. Okay, let me just take a little you know, full moon grass. Okay, there we go. You know, it, It's making the game that much more intense, and I think that could help out with the team killing, but... Some of the stuff that I'm reading about it, it has me a little nervous. And I'm like, ooh, that might be obnoxious. I think the reason, too, they put the bonfire in is because you can heal there, too. Um, so that will help if you're by that area when these people come into your game. I don't know. I, I, I'm really excited for it, but the only thing that I want... I think the worst part of Demon Souls was the player killing, was the PvP. I think that was the worst part of Demon Souls. It was very frustrating. It's intense. It's super, super intense. And there's a great feeling when, you know, a red phantom comes into your game and you're sitting there with two other guys and you just kind of look at the red phantom and he's going, ah, oh, crap. Like, that's a really good feeling, but it's – I found it to be the worst aspect. John, you nah. were the game. Did, did it piss you off? You have to remember, I was playing a pre-release version, and we didn't have uh, the same yeah. type of online stuff. That's right. That's right. It it can really piss you off when you're in the middle of of a level, and then somebody just comes right in, and you had no chance of beating them. Well, I mean, the game is challenging in itself to figure out how to get past things. I can't imagine that someone just coming into your game and adding that extra level you know, it didn't happen. It. I think it maybe happened to me three or four times playing mm-hmm. the game originally. I don't think a lot of people did it, but now it's just like you, when you're at least you can avoid it by going into uh, your soul form in the original Demon Souls. But now with Dark Souls, like since there is no demon, for, uh, there's no soul form that I know of where that cuts well, your health in half. So you can't avoid it. <laughs> What, what I understand is there's like a humanity system where you'll gain and lose humanity and that's going to affect your death similar to your soul stuff. Yeah, yeah. And they, they're really being cagey about that right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested. Like you have the ability to strengthen a bonfire. Like did, did, some preview said what that was. What, what happens when you strengthen one? Did you guys have a chance to ask him? They kept bringing Lost up the humanity. Yeah, you lose humanity to strengthen a bonfire, but what exactly does it do when you strengthen it? To be honest, I wish we knew. Really I thought it was shooting, but I don't know what else happened. Yeah, I'm yeah. not. Tr- I'm not trying to play gotcha with this game. I mean, they're still developing this game. I know that. It that was it- what seemed to be the problem: is that a lot of stuff they weren't completely like set on. Like even when we got the classes, there were six in ours. They said there's going to be more than that. Um, they kept saying that the bonfires were going to be this like dynamic thing, or you know, you were going to be able to share experiences with others through it and everything. But they never really had the specifics. On what they were going to do with it just that it was going to be innovative but 
they that didn't say me. why. That worries me because the game's due out in September in Japan. And they, they still – I know in one interview they said, well, we don't know if we're going to have a, uh, a mana system in the game. Right now we just have charges on the spells that you refill when you get to a bonfire. So we're not even sure if we're going to put that in the game. And I'm sitting there going like, you guys are three months from release. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that was the, thing, the vibe I got when I was through it, that they were still ironing out a lot of kinks. They still haven't made all their real, real decisive you know, yeah, like so things could change from what even what we got here. Uh, what I saw that stood out for me was just that every enemy you kind of confront will they're going to have different attack patterns so that it, there's just this unpredictability that comes with the game. And I think that even goes with people invading, you know, your world and everything else. Um, you're going to have to always have different options for your strategy. You'll have enemies that will use their shields more and then you have to figure out a way to, you know, get around that. And then you're going to have some who are just going to charge right at you. So I like the idea that you're always walking into something unpredictable and have to think on your feet. The other point I can see where that can get a little frustrating. They said that they try to make it, they know this game is harder than the other one, but that they're going to make it less frustrating by giving the player more options than just one to get past a certain area. So, Are you going to play it, Kim? Um, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I appreciate what this game is doing and that it's challenging you to play. That's a no. A game yep, a that's, a no. that's a very friendly <laughs> no. This is the type of game that I don't have. If anybody knows me, and I, I say this a lot in my reviews to make it known to people, I am not a very patient player. I can't sit there and play through the through something and spend like an hour trying to figure out how to pass something like that does that's not appealing to me i feel like because as i've gotten older i just don't have as much time as i used to 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 vote devote to games that i just don't think that i would like this and i also would get annoyed like you Rob, when people invaded my games and just wanted to be a jerk to be a jerk and i think that would be so frustrating for me so i think this game is going to be great for people who loved demon souls i if you didn't like that, I don't know if you're going to like Dark Souls, although Dark you Souls won't. looks like it's taking the basic, you know, gameplay and everything else that people loved from it. But they're just refining it, expanding it in more directions, making this really a game where you have to think on your toes even more so than you did in the first. So I won't be playing it, but totally appreciate what they're trying to do. It looks like it's going to be great for people who liked Demon Souls. So I'm excited. I, I mean, great. I can't wait to play it. And I'm sad I miss Demon's Souls. I'm really excited about this. I'm very, very excited for it. It's just that I think that Demon's Souls and Dark Souls, they're such mechanics-driven games that I, I want all the, the cogs to work together. And, you know, even though the whole Red Phantom thing really pissed me off in Demon's Souls, like, you could get around it by just dying and going into soul form because nobody can invade your world when you're in soul form. So there was a way around it. And now, granted, that meant that your health bar was cut in half, but at least you didn't have to worry about some. It, there was always a, a give and take. It's like, oh, you want this to happen? Well, we're going to do this. If you want this to happen, well, we're going to do this. And it, that give and take is a lot of fun. And I'm hoping that with Dark Souls, they, they hit that fine balance as well. And we'll see. I mean, I'm I know that that's the game. That's probably the RPG I'm most excited for this year, you know, barring Diablo 3's release. But Diablo 3's not coming this year. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. I mean, Rob, I'll be I honest. I have a feeling it's not. It won me over as in like, wow, this is 
this is going to be a pretty great game, but you know, it still didn't win me over enough where I was like, no, oh, that's fair. I mean, like, it, it looks, I didn't better. like the controls on it, to be honest with you. And I talked to John about it and he said, um, even in demon souls, you had to get used to them a little yeah. bit before. And I think it's because, you know, I had my hands on time with it, but I didn't get to really, really sit there and experiment as much. Like my, I, our big thing was we wanted to try out all the classes and see how they yeah. functioned. And so we didn't have time to really go through all the controls, but it still probably has that same a little bit, takes some time to get used to. Yeah, Dark Souls is, uh, Demon Souls was at least a very one-on-one game. Like when you're fighting one enemy one-on-one, it feels like an actual sword fight where you're being careful with your moves and you're being careful with your timing. When you start fighting multiple enemies, it kind of turns into a cluster F. Like it gets really bad really quickly because the targeting system oh, I is can see that. yeah well the targeting system is straight out of you know Zelda where you Z target on somebody and you're you strafe around them and look for your opening and if you get surrounded by more than you know two or three dudes you're in a world of hurt especially if they're tough. Demon Souls is meant to be like the slow game like playing it again. You can't you have to be in the right frame of mind when you play that game. If you try to play it like, you know, Batman or God of War, you just die really, really fast. But if you play it like Silent Hill, where you're walking around, you know, shield up and being very cautious about everything you do, like every corner you walk around, you have your shield up anticipating an attack. It's an awesome game, but it can break very quickly if you try to play it like an action game. Mm -hmm. No, I, I could see that. What were the other classes? So there was Pyromancer. Uh, Dark Knight, you know, Black no, Knight. Black Knight. Black Knight. <laughs> no, sorry. Um, I thought Batman uh, was. There's the Solar of Astoria, Astoria. which yeah. is one that you actually be able, the good class where you could heal people in other games. Um, that that was weird too because they said that the Black Knight and that and the guy that you just said the Solaria, mm-hmm. they were classes that were Uber classes, and some reports were saying that those weren't like available classes at the start of the game but then your preview based on your interview with the producer he was saying no we're going to have that available maybe not as powered up but well, we were right in the demo we were right at the beginning of the game and all the classes were available they didn't really That's state it. that yeah. these wouldn't be available um you know i wrote them all down i talked to the guy they didn't seem to have where they would be you know not available. So the only I thing they're iffy on I is if they're being... like what happened with this was there's a lot, and I because even what I'm gathering from you is there's a lot of conflicting information. Yeah, um, there really is. Like, I and I think a lot of that comes from uncertainty of what they're exactly trying to do. Because I remember even as we were sitting there at the demo, they'd say one thing and then they'd be like, "Well, we're not exactly sure that this is going to be how it's going to go." So a lot of it seems up in the air with no definite like this will happen for sure or won't. A... I think the ideas are there. They just are working out how they're actually going to execute in everything. It's so. such a weird game design philosophy because I think we're so used to these games being, you know, honed and then perfected and polished up. And Dark Souls is three months from release and they're still coming up with stuff like they're still trying stuff. And and then you look at something like uh, I know the Rocksteady guys said that Arkham City has been done for almost a year and a half. Oh, they were wow. like, oh, yeah, we finished it quick. We've just been polishing the crap out of it. And then you look at Dark Souls and they're like, yeah, we're still putting it together. It's like the it's the garage school approach of like, yeah, put a new engine in. What what the hell? Let's put a V8 in. Let's see if it works. Well, John, <laughs> your brother actually works in on games. Is this normal or do you know if no. this is this no. is not? I thought it was bizarre. odd. I, so I thought it was 
odd too that it was three months out and they still kind of were speculating over stuff because I thought you know it's not like this game is a year from release there it's getting it's getting close to the date and they still didn't have anything but I didn't want to sit there and make assumptions based on something that I'm not you know entirely sure of how it works so this this based on what I understand I might I want to make note my brother's a network programmer so he's not you know, in game design, but this is about the time where everything should be just about finalized and they should start working on QA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Do you think that this might, this has a, I have to have a feeling this has a potential of um, being delayed if they don't get all the stuff sorted out. That's just I'm wondering if they're just sorting out minor stuff and they have the, the, the majority of it down, like the main game and they're just working out like classes and, Whatever else you said. It could also be the fact that the classes in in Demon Souls, they didn't really mean crap. I mean, they were just a starting point. Now, granted, if you picked a thief class to start that game, it was a giant headache. I'm glad I did that the second time through, <laughs> where you're so you're so ridiculously weak. But like, it could just be that they're just they have these ideas out there and they're just finalizing the classes because you could make any kind of class at the start of demon souls if you picked a mage class you could make them into a warrior in just a couple level ups it was just starting equipment and starting stats so from that perspective they could just be ironing it out and even the mana system i can understand what they're doing you know do we want to get rid of mana or do we want to go with charges based on the bonfire system so maybe the game is more complete than we're getting mm-hmm. but i, I mm-hmm. think I think the biggest problem is the lack of information, just the fact that multiple people have said multiple things. Like you'll read two previews online right now for Dark Souls, and you will just get completely 100% conflicting reports. At one point, some preview said that there were no character classes in the game. And oh, then, wow. And then two weeks later, it was like, uh, well, hell, hell with that. There are character classes apparently. You know, it, it's like so much is mysterious about this game, and I don't know if it's a lost in translation, if it's a we don't know what the hell they're doing over at From Software. We're just letting them go. Like they're they're just dudes that walk in in black hoods, just designed to make your life a living hell. Like we don't know what the hell they're doing. Like they could be sacrificing virgins in there for all we know. Like <laughs> just let them go. And it could also be that this is a very early build of the game. But I think you're right. It would not shock me if they said, "Yeah, we need another six months." But they're getting so close. Yeah, no, I thought it was odd for it being so close that even when we were talking to the demo or even when we went in and talked to the publishing producer, there was still not that, like, this is, you know, going to be, you know, it's all how it's going to be. Even for them to hint that there might be 10 classes is kind of what they hinted at. Well, that's four other classes you're not even including right now. So what are these classes that you're even thinking of adding in and how are they, you know what I'm, that's a big, you know. Yeah, and it's at, a large number of classes to be missing from a demo. I mean, maybe they will just stick with the six that they have. You know, maybe it will just be as simple as that. But it could also be. I mean, let's let's keep in mind too that we're coming up on the two-year anniversary of the game being released in America. But the game was released almost a year prior to that in Japan. I mean, it had a nine-month layover. So if they started on this game right afterward, they've been working on it for a while. So I don't think this game was fast-tracked. I mean, it looks. No, gorgeous. I don't think that's the case. I think. Yeah. What I'm getting the vibe is that they're trying to go bigger than what they had initially had in their minds for the game. Like they just, I think they don't want people to think, okay, this is like, 
you know, Demon Souls Part Two. Um, yeah. Pretty much the same game. We haven't changed much. I think they want to provide a different experience for people, and I think in their minds they're trying to go in that as in many different directions as they can, and that's what I think is the. They might be trying to go a little too big, and you know what? Maybe these ideas are floating around in their heads, and like half of them won't even end up in the game. You know, it could just be that they're they're toying with some ideas, which I think it's a little late in the game to be doing that, but. We'll see how it all works out. Yeah, I mean, I'm still super excited for it. And I mean, seeing it actually running for the first time, I mean, it, it looks be- – being a you know big-time Demon Souls player, the frame rate has been ironed out because that game used to dip down to like five frames a second out of nowhere. Like it would just be weird. Mm-hmm. It, it looks better from an animation standpoint. The character – like the creature design just – it looks like they literally just entered my nightmares and just came up <laughs> with the – nastiest crap ever like it just it looks freaking awesome i am so excited for this game i don't want anybody to think i'm down on it but i just have a lot of questions like you know and honestly kim your preview like i was reading that and i was like holy crap like where did all this stuff come from like i think being able to actually meet with the producer i think they were kind of keeping him in the back and nobody had a chance to talk to him and like you had to get specifically an appointment we we john you're a robot again Beep a little bit, yeah. Beep, beep, boop, beep, I'm beep. a robot. <laughs> yeah, you are a robot. <laughs> beep, boop, beep. Uh, uh, no, you're I, right. The way it was set up, we actually had an hour appointment with Namco Bandai, and all of it was Dark Souls. I'm yeah. so excited for that game. I love the fact that they're doing another collector's edition, and I, I was thinking about this too. Like the collector's edition of Demon Souls, where it came with the manual. I know that a lot of people are like, oh, never use a manual, never use a manual. And I'm the same way. But Demon's Souls is that old school style game like, you know, Legend of Zelda 2, where it's like, how the hell was I supposed to know to do that? Or I, how was I supposed to know that there was or an like item back there? like when you had to stand under that waterfall for like a set amount of time that you would never know to do unless you called the Nintendo hotline. Right. It's, it's... <laughs> I so did that, too. <laughs> We were like, I remember sleepovers with my friends. We got so far in Earthbound, and we were like, couldn't figure out where to go. And we're like, gosh damn it, we're gonna have to call this hotline. I, I think, mom, <laughs> can I call the number that costs three dollars a minute? I think that the, I think that the guide is almost necessary for this kind of game because it helps you if you get stuck. Like I would look like at some point I would just be like, okay, I have no idea how to beat this boss. What am I gonna do here? But it, it was always just right in reach. Uh, so now just a couple other you know nerdy questions for Dark Souls. Is there still no music when you're moving around the environment and the music only comes in during a boss fight? Oh, wow. I don't know because it was so that, noisy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you guys were on the show floor. That's It stupid. was noise. You know what? I actually was just listening to my tape recorder because we had uh, Dark Souls in the background as we were doing our interview. They were playing it for us, and I don't remember hearing anything except background noises, really. Now, I wouldn't quote me on that, but I remember hearing some music, but it was not, like, very heavy on it. And like I said, they could still be adding that in too. Yeah, I, I'm I'm so excited for this game. Like, well, so it's October fourth right now. I know it's coming out yes. in September in Japan, October fourth in America. I am, oh, I am so there for this game. Like, ah, oh, October seventh in Europe. Yep, yep, yep. And it, what's so cool is that like, when when they first showed the game playing, and like I watched it on GameSpot or whatever, and I was like, oh, it's Demon Souls. I'm happy. This is good. I mean, it has the same UI. Everything just looks 
different. Like I like the way I like even the way the health bars work and it just it looks cleaner and it looks nastier if it could look nastier. <laughs> so I am I am ready for this game to kick my ass. I'm like, oh, me too. bring it on. Bring I'm it ready. on. Not so. me. Yeah, that's, it's an acquired I'm, taste. It's an acquired dude. Well, this, definitely is. this is the same reason why some guys like to go to a dominatrix. Not saying that I'm into that. I'm just saying, like, whoa. I'm not into that. The comparison. Wow. But that's the same thing. Some people like to, you know, have their junk. Yeah, stuff. I think this conversation is done. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just so th- that was probably outside of Batman Arkham Ar- Arkham City. Dark Souls was my game of the show. Like no, I, 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 I was like really enjoy it, Rob. Well, guess what? We it's not our game of show, but we're not done with our awards, and this podcast will probably be up around the time that they are. So you don't get to know until you read our awards. Oh, fine. Yeah. So do we have any other things to talk about? I know we've gone almost oh. two hours now. So. Um, yeah, no, we need to wrap up. But things that were were sadly gone: Xenoblade, the last story. And so uh, no. Shot uh, to the heart. Yes. Uh, is there no American like date at all for those games for Xenoblade or? There's not even an announcement. They, they, they were even announced. But at this out. point, if they didn't weren't announced by now, I really don't think we're getting yeah. them. Last story, last story Xenoblade? wasn't even announced for it's Europe. Xenoblade was, but um, no U.S. release for that, which actually seems to be interesting. Like uh, D3 is the one who's publishing White Knight Chronicles in the U.S., but Sony themselves published it in Europe. Huh. Weird. Yeah. I, I, and Sony published the first one here. Yeah. So it's basically a bad showing for JRPGs. How is Versus 13? Ooh. <laughs> about the same as Valkyria Chronicles 3. Ooh. You know what, about, what? Um, uh, what about Kingdom Hearts 3? They announced that, right? Stop it. You're hurting me. Look, look <laughs> Rob, there, there, there's one thing to bitch about games that are out in Japan but aren't coming here, and another to bitch about a game that's never even been announced. Okay, fair enough. But I, I think it's just funny that now I'm seeing Square Enix on Tomb Raider, on Hitman Absolution, on Deus Ex, and I'm like, huh. I have hopes for that Tomb Raider game, by the way. Yeah, that, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like I, they need to cut down on her grunting. That made me feel awkward. Like, uh, well, she, I, this I, from the man I, visits I, Dominatrixes? I didn't say I visited <laughs> Dominatrix. I, I'm sorry. Go back and watch that trailer. Except As long as they didn't, like, copy the... Um, Prota- the Iabrea protagonist noise from Third Birthday. I think, I think it's Raiders. Oh, my I think it's God. <laughs> just, just watch the Tomb Raider. I'm out of ammo, so I'm going to go, Ugh. No, no, no. Watch the Tomb Raider video, but okay. look away from the screen and just okay. listen to it. <laughs> and, t- and tell me how bad it is. I was excited because they said they were going to make her more of a more realistic female, but well, I've they, been... they cut her chest size down by about a, you know three quarters, so she actually looks like a normal human being now. No dragon's crown size um, of chest. Oh, God, that's ridiculous. Peter's going to hate. Like, boobs for days. Hate. Uh, I did want to say, though, not to get everybody's hopes up or maybe to get their hopes up so they can wallow in misery with me when it doesn't happen, that um, a couple of companies, I think, Exceed and maybe Axis, I don't remember, are going to Anime Expo next month, um, and they may or may not announce something. Yeah, Axis, Axis says that they are announcing two games at anime expo that we should be familiar with as rpg fans yes and me and john could not figure out for the life of us and it's probably so obvious but we're just we can't figure yeah, out i, yeah. I mean i, I doubt access has like 17. <laughs> well here's the thing access has been pretty pretty uh 
They've been doing well with uh, Blaze Blue and other art games, but they're also bringing the two Idea Factory guys as the guests of honor to Anime Expo. Oh, that's oh. And I don't know so if that's really announcements. Neptunium Art 2, then. All right. I think we've talked enough. So uh, I guess the next episode that we're going to have is probably Dungeon Siege 3, because that comes out next week. So Dungeon Siege 3, or, or we might do our, our Fantasy Star episode. Oh, yeah. I oh, need to finish it. Me. I'm like, I want to be there. I think I'm two-thirds of the way through Fantasy Star 4, and I need to sit down and finish it. Thank we're, you for that. Two-thirds of the way through, so that means you're where? Uh, I just... I think um, Raja is about ready to get sick. Okay. So I'm almost like two thirds okay. through. Uh, okay. I was using I was using a guide just to gauge where I was, like just looking at the chapter headings, and I think I'm I'm yeah, getting there. But I, I I fell out of it. Like I, I started playing Witcher two again, and I I wanted to get the review up for that. So I I fell out of it. But I think tomorrow I might go on a Fantasy Star four rampage. Because that, that game is just so relaxing to play. So I think we got to do that. We'll have a Dungeon Siege episode. I know we've been talking about some some formats where we might do some more special episodes, especially when you know the RPG releases get a little thin. Yes, so, if there is a topic that you would like us to talk about, please email us, podcast at RPGfan.com. I, I know Ivalice Alliance already said that he wants me to talk about uh, Demon Souls Demon's and Souls. Dark Souls for like two hours, and I, I would be more than willing to do that. Yeah, you have fun with that. You yeah, can... you have fun on that. Episode. You have yeah. fun with that. Stephen and I will have fun on that. Uh... I like this thing on the board is that will be a long monologue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've talked about going back and doing like the fantasy star some retro. I know we had uh, Chrono Trigger in our minds. So. Oh yeah, Chrono Trigger. Oh, so Chrono Cross. You... F the haters. Chrono Cross is awesome. So if you guys want any of those old like a, a podcast that me might do when yeah. there's. We're dry on RPG releases. Yeah, I mean, um, the summer ahead, is not know. best for RPGs. Yeah, we'll, do so. a, we'll do a dramatic reading of Game of Thrones. How about that? I, I, will, play, I will play Call Drogo. No? No, no? no one on here has read this book but you. Are you at least watching the HBO series? Because it's freaking awesome. Oh, yeah, because I get HBO. Oh, it's not my Before. fault. You Look, once, once, uh, once uh, 24-7 was over... Show was HBO for me. Okay, all right. It's got so, True Blood now. <laughs> True Blood's is weird. Uh, uh, okay, so thank you everybody for listening to the show. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I think nearly two hour podcast on uh, E3. Uh, let us know what you guys think of the show. You know, keep subscribing to us oh. on iTunes. Keep yes. One one thing really quick. Um, Dragon's Crown has some really big boobies. We already talked about that. Confirmed. No, I, I just want to bring that up again. Which and that was funny as on, on, on our YouTube channel that has been by far the most watched video of E3. We have a YouTube channel. Why. Oh, that ten thousand. Yes, we have a YouTube channel. How yes, did you know YouTube dot com slash RPG Fancom. Huh. It's because the art style is so pretty, huh. but maybe it's yeah. That's it. it. That's sure. it. That's why you all go. That's to where it. I'll do my dramatic reading of Game of Thrones. I'll do a YouTube video. That's up. why I watch it, and I'm completely serious. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll be thank, waiting there. <laughs> thank you so much for listening, guys. Make sure to give us input. Make sure to keep subscribing to us and tell us what an awesome job we did because I like the ego boost every once in a while. So thank you very much for John, for – oh, God, i got to name everybody. For John, Kim, Liz, and Derek, we will talk to you guys later. Bye. 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 Hey. Gonna take you for a ride. And you know what? You didn't even bring up Eris dying this time.